the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. You are listening to the Flagship Podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. It's hard to be humble when you're from Arkansas, which was funny on many levels because why would you be proud of being from Arkansas? That's number one. Arkansas yeah, is a is terrible not. place. And Rich Crage. Like, this all started because someone liked the tweet uh, and got annoyed about everybody it. Everybody log off. <laughs> Throw your phones in the body of water closest to you. Stop. This is all terrible. I hate it all. Yeah, it's all so dumb. And we are live here on the Flagship Podcast. I am Rich. He is Joe. We forgot to do the bit where you start off the show and act like I'm not here again. We blew it. We can't go back. So, Hi. Eh. How are you? That's well, only good if I'm gone good. for like two weeks. If I'm gone for one week, that's not enough. You know what I mean? That, that It doesn't quite work. Yeah, who has time for bits? The rich is on assignments. Yeah, no bits on this show. It's all just <laughs> hard-hitting news. <laughs> Getting to work, you know. Did uh, did my solo show get you any angry DMs this time? Or um, this podcast is a member of the voice. Oh, plays the intro again. Uh, no, that's why. Yeah, no, it didn't. Have I lost my edge? What's going <laughs> I, I, on? I think you have. Yeah, I'm looking now just to double check. Uh, to make sure. Uh, no, no. Wow. Yeah. Normally, Shit. I do a solo show. Oh, you and- suck. <laughs> you suck now piss everybody off and then rich has to deal with it <laughs> right um, I mean, like, i'm 2000 miles away and they're like hey just so you know I'm like i don't know yeah. i didn't listen i don't care tell this lands a motherfucker that yeah <laughs> right yeah you know just thought but, you'd uh, like to know yeah hey um, joe <laughs> that's usually how they start like oh like because they think i could still see yeah it, right, right, so right, like, right. Yeah, yeah oh okay i got gotcha. you yeah um well, you know, I guess uh, I don't know. I guess I've lost my punch. Yeah, I can't. Well. Even, I, I can't even remember what I talked about. Honestly, what <laughs> Cody. I, oh, the Cody. I made. Oh, see. Oh, I mean, honestly, I will tell you truthfully. Truthfully, very surprising. I was very surprised. Yeah. We did not get uh, a particular direct message on that day. Right. When, when that mess. When that show came out. Just by the description, I went, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I listened, and I was like, oh, yeah, here we go. <laughs> this, is, this is kind of any minute now. But uh... Cody's, uh, Rich is like, I'm really never getting those cigars, am I? <laughs> <laughs> lore. That's lore. Is that public lore? I don't know if that's public lore. Uh, it is now. now. I don't know. Yeah. Just let it sit there. Let yeah. People, yeah. Let it just... Uh, <laughs> um. Yeah, so I, I yeah, I don't know. I mean I tried my best to get yelled at, but um Yeah, no. I, I guess not. Um so uh I don't know. Oh, you were trying to watch that uh before we went on the air here, Rich was feverishly trying to turn on this Angels Rangers game. And still uh, am, by the way. <laughs> still am. That has not stopped, yeah. <laughs> couldn't get it to work and he missed a Mike Trout home run, uh, because you know how Rich runs. Um, he missed 19 flights on the way home, by the way, from oh, Alaska. Um, Rich, it wasn't just a Mike Trout home run. It was a 472-foot oh, Mike Trout home run. Damn it. <laughs> the longest home run since 2019. <laughs> of course. So, yeah, yeah Otani's pitching. Run. Mike Trout, the best player in baseball, is just doing amazing stuff. It's, yeah. yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's awesome. 
it, you really do run poorly. I'm going to turn it on. It's just going to be Justin Upton striking out and stuff. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, he got DFA'd. So I don't know if oh, you have to worry about that. Oh, he's done? But, I uh, didn't know that. Oh. If, yeah, that he's. Yeah. That's probably um, for the better. Yeah, for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, remember when the Braves uh, signed both Uptons and <laughs> Bossman uh, yeah, Jr. Upton Hayward. and Justin Upton? Yeah. And, and they thought they were going to have three like 30 30 guys in the outfield and then they won like 70 games and broke who was the other one yeah who was the other guy was that still hayward or oh hayward right 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 yeah and then they broke the the strikeout record by a lot right at the cusp of his decline jason hayward and uh is he he's still on the cubs he is still on the cubs yeah i don't know if they're fifth outfielder yeah i don't know if they're even playing him that much but he is certainly getting paid they're not playing him but they're paying him that's for sure so I got Suzuki was tearing, tearing the cover off. I know. I was really upset he went to the Cubs. uh, Yeah, we haven't talked baseball yet because I was gone when the opening day happened. So, um, yeah, fun season so uh, far. I'm liking it. My four and two White Sox, enjoying that. You know, I said this on one of my one of the audios I did when you were gone, but you know, I gotta be honest. The lockout was a nice break because they backed the season up a week. They kept the 162 game schedule, but by backing the season up a week they moved it off of WrestleMania weekend. So that was very good. If you're a wrestling fan and a baseball fan, Oh, forget it. It was perfect because then you could just watch the wrestling all weekend because baseball started seven days late. So uh, the lockout actually worked out pretty good from that standpoint. It's created some pretty decent weather as well. Like, I mean, I I know today wasn't great in in Chicago for the game and, and they had a big rain, you know, issue the other day, but we haven't seen as many snow games, a lot of the stuff has been pretty decent weather for the most part, so that's good. It, it helped. I mean, opening day for the White Sox was, like, sunny, you know, and it, it's never – it's always yeah. just absolutely brutal. So, yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, maybe I, I, I could get used to this. I, I don't mind it, it extending a little bit into April. I think that's not the worst thing in the world. Now, and then they got a week's worth of games that everybody has to make up, so everyone's going to be playing a shit ton of double headers Perfect. later in the year. Love it. Yeah, so you I go find, out of my you know, way to go to doubleheaders. Like, are they, are, yes. you know if they're doing straight doubleheaders or because day night doubleheaders, forget it. Who cares? Day night doubleheaders are stupid. Rich, I'm guessing that the baseball owners are doing day night. Oh, of course, yeah. They're, they like once or twice a year, the White Sox will do a straight doubleheader, and I think I've been to every single one because it's like, you know me, cheap ass rich. I'm like two games for one. Hell yeah! Like let's go. And I get to the first game like stupid early as well. I want to maximize the baseball that I see or whatever. So you know, I leave work early, take a half day or whatever. I'm there by the second inning, and I'm there until ten o'clock. It's a lot of baseball, but hey, you know what? Straight doubleheader. You don't get those very often anymore, so you got to take advantage. I, I could see you hiding under the seats with the split doubleheader. <laughs> no, they, they really – the split yeah. doubleheaders by yeah. – in, in for Chicago – I don't know if that's the case with every other split. It's so egregiously far. Like, I don't think you could – it's not a bad idea to hide under the seats. Though. I could probably you're, yeah, you're, you're, in a, you're in a bathroom stall with your feet up on the toilet. <laughs> right. I only have to wait three more hours. And I can yeah. Waltz back in there. I just have to wait for the first person to go in and flush the toilet and be like, oh, hey, how's it going? Yeah, how you doing, pal? How are you? Yes. So, yes. And then you emerge idea, from actually. the uh, toilet. Yeah, I haven't thought of that. Uh, I, oh, I was in a restaurant um, two weeks ago and um, I, I was in there. This was, this actually isn't amusing or fun. This is actually a terrible story. So I take the boy into the bathroom, right? And he don't, he's not tall enough to use a urinal yet. So he's got to go like in the stall and, and, and pee in the toilet. So I'm in there helping them. And um, about five or six uh, rambunctious, you know. Rapscallions. Uh, yeah. Go piling in to the same stall. Uh-oh. Like right next to me. 
and they're acting rowdy, and um, I can clearly hear them doing lines. Oh, wow, nice. Still doing. I, <laughs> I'm glad Coke's still around. I, you know, I, I don't hang out in the places where I think Coke is still around, but I'm glad to know that Coke's still around. So, you know, you wouldn't think that this was the kind of establishment where people. Yeah, who's got know, who's got Coke money these days? Are you kidding me? Just <laughs> family restaurant. That's Coke money. Uh, yeah, like you know. on a boat. Like yeah, if I'm on Miami Beach in a boat or whatever, those people got Coke money. Who's yeah? Like I got a suburban I got a, Texas at a restaurant. I like, got a, I got a five year old eating chicken tenders one minute, and then the next minute I got, uh, you know, a bunch of kids, uh, you know, man, snorting fucking Coke lines. Money. I don't I don't know. It might it might not have been Coke. Let's be fair. Could have been crank. Could have been. Uh, who knows what it was? <laughs> but uh, various other. Uh, I, I would so like Joe what? Reed's 1980s words for drugs. Uh, you know, runs it. Nancy, what Nancy <laughs> Reagan would call drugs. <laughs> Doing a little angel dust in the stall next to me. <laughs> a little special um, K, a little Jay Lethal throwback. Yeah. So uh, I, guess, I know he wasn't know, special K, you dumbasses. I know he was Hydra. Don't tell me. I know. Uh, you're going to. Well, see, that was fast. So you're not going to get tweets. Well, no one tweets us anymore anyway. But um, it's, great. it's great. It's so good. <laughs> I love what a it. life. So, so they're, they're cursing and they're, you know, they're like, oh, you know, give me a bump, you know, thank And they're fucking making noise. And, and I, I, the one looks over the stall and sees me in there with the small child. And yeah. he's, like, he's like, Oh, my bad, my bad. And then he, 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 he tells the others, you know, oh, chill out, chill out. There's a guy in there with his kid. So at least they were polite drug users in yeah, the, in yeah, the stall next to me. Once they realized I was there with a little kid. You know, because then the kid starts asking questions. You know, what's going on in there? Why are they all? Why are they all in the same toilet, Daddy? I'm like, I can't answer this. You know, I'm like, ah, oh, it must be. Uh, you know, there must be only one available. Yeah, I don't know what to say. You know, there's five. Yeah, or six you're gonna have. You're gonna no matter stuff. what have to have like a long conversation that's not gonna be like easy to do with a kid that's probably not gonna understand. Either way, no matter what reason is, because there's the you know what I mean. Like, the, there's something happening where all those people are in there, and you have to now explain. One way or another, what's going on, and it's and neither one is one that you want to have with like a what a six year old or whatever, yeah. five. And I gotta, I, I gotta be honest, I'm glad they were doing drugs and weren't fucking. Right, because like, then now, that's you, you know what I mean. Like that, they're both tough, but I think the drugs thing, you could just be like, ah, yeah, you know what? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if he would he would have noticed the. Other, I mean, the other one it wouldn't have bothered him either. I don't think, right? They just sounded loud and obnoxious. Yeah, you know, and they were good. You know, but if you know, I'm glad they weren't. You know, I didn't. I, An orgy I'm glad going on in the stall the next to you. Yeah. Jeez, but uh. How'd that even come up? What made me bring? Oh, I have no idea. The stall from the yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Double right. header, yeah. So man, uh, can't believe how young are these kids? They got coke money, man. Jeez, they were probably uh, late teens, early twenties by the looks what? of them, by the way they were dressed. I listen again. I don't have coke money. Man. I work my ass off. What the hell? I don't know the current coke market. I couldn't tell <laughs> I think you. It's still pretty expensive, right? Um, I, I maybe I it's not. Maybe know. I don't know the coke market anymore. But how would you be privy to the Coke market? Uh, yeah, never. No. never. I was never really privy to it, to yeah. be honest. So. You're a devil's lettuce guy. You're not a, you're not a Coke guy. Of course. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, you're you're a ganja guy. You're not a devil's lettuce guy. So, well, you are a devil's lettuce guy. The reefer, guy. yeah. You know? Dope. Could have been crank. Dope. Could have been, yeah. could have been speed. Could have been some uh, grinded up heroin. I don't know what they were doing. That's true. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I have no clue what drug it was. Oh, like yeah, Adderall and say, yeah, there's there's a bunch of stuff out yeah, there. Yeah, could have been anything. Could have been could have been the clear. You do the clear <laughs> the clear, the Gary Sheffield. Could have been could have been a little uh you know, a little fucking uh you know, breaking bad, some meth. Maybe they were snorting some meth. I mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a drug guy, Rich. Not a drug guy. Um 
but something was, you know, being snorted in that stall. Um, Tell me this was a chain establishment. Tell me this was... It was. It was a chain. Tell me this is Applebee's or whatever. You're not far off. We were with the kids. We just took the kids out at like 6.30 at night on a Saturday for like... (laughs) what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, exactly. What were they doing? Like, what is happening right now? I couldn't believe it, you know? Um, I told TLB she thought I was ripping her. I'm like, no, I'm serious. <laughs> Here, that- tell her, boy. Yeah, tell her. <laughs> okay. I'm like, that table right there, those kids, those guys right there, it was them. I'm like, she, she's like, she thought I was kidding, you know, because I'm always goofing around, you know. Uh, but, it, but no, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was shocking to me, too. Wild. Well, good for them, I guess. <laughs> this wasn't just, yeah, this wasn't like me and her out, out in the club at one in the morning that's what i mean like some bar or something like that or yeah yeah that's it's like tgi fridays you know getting through with their you know getting through with their well who's got the irresistibles that's applebee's right i have no idea what you're talking Uh, about there's like oh yeah i don't know maybe that's a a local applebee's thing or whatever i'm trying to think of what what i would i'm trying to think of what you would if you went to the tgi fridays what would be like the generic like um, thing. It's not like, you know, Outback, you would obviously say Bloomin' Onion. Well, TGI Fridays was always known for their potato skins. Potato, potato skins. skins. There you go. Yeah, so they're ripping yeah. up some <laughs> TGI Fridays potato skins and then right. snorting the Adderall or whatever the fuck in the bag. It's crazy. Yeah, hey, good for them, I guess. Yeah, well, that's probably what it was, right? I'm in a college town, so it's probably... Why am I even speculating? I know nothing about drugs. <laughs> we know nothing. Let's continually wildly speculating <laughs> yeah. with these people. Uh, what, what drugs these 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 guys were doing? These hooligans. Uh, these hooligans. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna lecture them about the dangers of drugs. Ah, uh, you know, I just wanted to get. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to get out of that bathroom. To be honest, yeah, I, you yeah, know, yeah. I, you know, I wanted to get out of there with the innocence of this five-year-old intact. Uh, is is really all I wanted to do? Um, uh, you know. But then he wants to stop and wash his hands. I'm like, I'm glad I've taught you well, but I'd really like to just get out of this bathroom. Right. You know, we didn't do that much. It's cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe a squirt of hand sanitizer yeah. as we're walking back will probably be enough for uh, for, uh, right. for us. Yeah. Well, there you go. Wild. So uh, suburban Texas uh, chained restaurants get kind of wild these these days at 6:30. So ah, oh, I just watched a replay of that Mike Trout homer. That's a that's a dinger. <laughs> that is a dinger. Well. It's one of those ones the camera loses. Yeah, it <laughs> it's so high, and it's in this weird, yeah. <laughs> shitty stadium in Texas, this fucking abortion of a stadium. Yeah, you know, I haven't been there, but I don't like it on TV. I hate it on TV. It looks weird. The lighting looks weird. The field looks weird. It looks like a mall park. Yeah, the background is just like a bunch of like rows of people, and we- but in a weird way. It doesn't quite work. Yeah, yeah it stinks. Yeah, the lighting is weird. It's, a, it's, not, it's not a... Not aesthetically pleasing, yeah. And not on, on the TV. outside, it looks horrible, too. It looks so much worse on the outside. Like a tin can. Yeah. Like it's a... Fucking stinks. Like a can of tuna. Um, <laughs> burp for you. Uh, flagship is back, baby. Yeah, this show sucks. Uh, <laughs> this is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> was it better last week or no? Yeah. Was it still bad? I thought it was championship audio. I thought it was very good I, as well. I liked, I liked that show last week. So. Yeah. Well, listen, thank you. Right. Listen on the that. way to Fairbanks, Alaska. Listen in the car ride so fairbanks how mm-hmm. how how long of a drive is that from anchorage? that is about six hours from anchorage so is anchorage all prostitutes and oil men uh yeah, there were some prostitutes for sure <laughs> definitely yeah. uh there's definitely women of the nights uh, uh frolicking around but uh no I, I i didn't see any oil men there um 
definitely prostitutes though. Definitely a few prostitutes. Yeah. Is it daylight twenty four hours? Uh, not right quite there? yet. It it was it was the sun was out until about ten fifteen the night we left. I think they're gonna start getting their midnight sun by sometime in the next two weeks, and then it's full on twenty four hour sun uh, in June, like June through oh, mid July. So that. I can tell you, having just experienced it, because I always I'm thinking like, oh, that would be kind of cool to have the sun up, you know, all the time. Two days of like the sun going down at like 10:30 was more than enough for me to be like, nah, this is kind of this is bad. Yeah, it, it really fucked you up. It was hard. We're like sitting at a bar, we're drinking, and I'm looking. I'm like, god damn, it's like 10:30, and we're just like the bar's full. Everyone's yeah. going. Everyone's still energized. You have no desire to go to sleep at all. Like you have no desire to to wind down or chill out or whatever. You're just ready to go. You're thinking, ah, hey, shit, we can go for a walk. We can do this. We can do that. And that would be get exhausting pretty quickly, I think. So, but mm. it's made up by having darkness for like three months straight. So, mm. I think I'd prefer. I, don't I was going to say Joe Lanza. I think it wouldn't matter because you'd have the the shades. <sighs> Are you so? I know in your den, is there any windows in the in the den? Is the den a, is. a completely windowless place or no? No, it, it's got windows. I I I got a. Uh, do you open? Yeah, I was going to say. Um, so you immediately go blackout curtains, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. yeah what? TLB wakes up in the morning and opens every fucking That's me. Yeah, I do the shades same in the house. Yeah. Like then she goes to work and I close all of the shades. <laughs> That's what yeah, exactly. Everywhere in the house. I come home, this place is an abyss of like a funeral home. <laughs> yeah. I leave just, it, it's like a you know, a, a, a botanical garden. You know, there's just light from everywhere, every you know, everything's glowing. The dogs are, you know, sunbathing, and then I leave and I come back and it's a fucking funeral home in this place. It's cold, uh, it's dark, it's can't stand the natural light. I cannot stand it. Uh, it's you know looks horrible on your skin. It, ex- it it exemplifies any dust that you have in the house if you got the natural light coming in. That is true. So that is true. It makes your house feel dirty even when it's clean, and I really can't stand that. Um, I just hate the fucking sun. The sun is my enemy. Yeah, you went outside last um, week, right, and uh, did not go well. I got dragged to some festival or something in Podunk, Texas, or some shit, and we had to be outside and <laughs> kind of and, festival. I don't. I, you're asking me questions. I don't have the answers to. It was some you bullshit. <laughs> you were there. I a couple times a year. You just gotta do the fucking. She know, puts the boots just... on. She puts the boots. Is it like a she wears boots and flannel type of hangout, or what are we talking? No, no, about? no. It's like a street fair kind of thing. Oh, okay, uh, okay, okay. You know, not like vendors. a, a hoot nanny. It's not like a uh, you know you guys are sitting on barrels or whatever. Nah, it's like vendors and. Oh, okay. Sounds great. Food. Sounds fun. Yeah, sounds awesome. Stuff for the kids to do. Oh, and... Sounds great guy on a guitar fucking singing terribly like just shit like that and it's outside in fucking middle of texas and and you know we're probably only there 90 minutes but i got sunburned on the side of only one side of my face i i burn instantly no matter you know if i go outside so i got sunburned on one side of my fucking face i got sunburned on top of my head because i just got a fresh haircut so the the very top of my head got sunburned i had a migraine for a day and a half uh, just the fucking sun sucks. I don't know what you people see in the sun. It destroys me. I couldn't even imagine. Like if it, it, it's like that was only ninety minutes worth of sun, and it ruined my life for for a day and a half. It, it and and still I still have like remnants of this sunburn. Like I go to scratch the top of my head, and it's like it hurts because I got sunburn on top of my head. I don't know how you people do the sun. It's it's just the dirt worst. I want nothing to do with it. I'd be content never going out in the sun again. I was I really going to say, would. so maybe, maybe you should consider Alaska in, in, in the uh, in the winter months. So, but you know that'd be weird too. Just you know, 
I like knowing that it's daylight. Yeah, just in case. Like, you don't want to see it or, or interact with it or have it be a part of your life, but you just like knowing it's there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I like, yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's, I think if it well, was... Well, it makes her happy, oh, at least, so. Who, my wife? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, they fucking... I don't know. She saw I was miserable, but I was, you know, I wasn't complaining or anything, and... Then she finally said, she just said... Do you consider like a said, hat or something or any sort of sun protection? I, or no? You know me. I don't do gimmicks. So she... <laughs> she hat. So, I don't do that. Like sunglasses, never. So she... Uh, <laughs> Those things all kind of help with the sun. You're, you're saying, I don't know how people do the sun. Well, sometimes we wear sunglasses and hats and, and whatnot. Well, how about just stay in the house? Like that's... <laughs> so... So finally she says to the kids, but really she's talking to me. You know that move? Like, like so she's like, all right, your father's not complaining, but I know he's miserable, so we should probably leave. Like that kind of move. You yeah, know? yeah. Guilt tripping you via the children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that kind of – where you're really just talking to the other person, but you're doing it through uh, talking to the – you know. So uh, – and then we got out of there. But I didn't, I didn't, I didn't vocally complain. Or, or anything or call it, you know, cause normally I'll sulk and I'll just make it miserable this way. I won't get asked to do it ever again. You know what I mean? That's my move. That's my usual move. Just fucking ruin the day. And then next year when the festival comes the around, he's going on. Like, she just doesn't even bother. Well, I'm not going to invite you uh, cause you had such a terrible time last year. So, right. And so you like, go, oh, take... all right. <laughs> Kick your feet up and put right. on angels, <laughs> angels, Rangers. All right. All right. Well, sorry. That's the move, yeah. right? That's the move. <laughs> But uh, I I didn't do that this time. It's like, you know, tasks around the house you don't want to do. Just do them poorly, and then you won't be asked to do them anymore. But uh, so it's the same kind of concept. But, uh, but you know, I just grinned and bared it. Um, and, uh, you know, but but she picked up the hint and we got out of it. But it was too late. I had a, I had a migraine You're for a day and a half. Yeah. You think I'm kidding. The sun destroys me. It just doesn't agree with me. I, I You know, it wasn't even that hot out. Maybe Maybe 90. You know, so it's like it could have been worse if it was a couple months later, be a hundred. These psychos are all out there. Uh, it doesn't stop them in this state. Um, I suspect it wasn't ninety where you were. No, <laughs> definitely not. It was nice weather though. It was decent. It was the same as it was in Chicago, basically, which I guess isn't decent. But forties, fifties, can't complain. It's all right. A lot of snow still, but that's all right. I expected that. Snow sucks too. Basically, oh, snow stinks. Yeah. I just, See, my, my theory is I can't complain about both. I'm allowed to complain about one or the other, so I'd never complain in the summer. But I bitch up a storm all winter. I hate the winter. I hate the darkness. I hate the snow. I hate ice. I, all that stuff fucking stinks. Why? Yes, you're going to say the irony of me going to Alaska. That's really strange considering all it is is ice, snow, and, and, and all that sort of stuff. I get it. The irony is not lost on me, but they also have mountains, and that's kind of cool. Here, I just have snow and ice and flat. You know what I mean? There's not at least like if I lived in an area that had mountains, I could say, oh, the mountains look nice. Or, oh, you know what I mean? Like there's something to look at. Now here I just have piles of like gray snow everywhere, which is not that fun. Uh, yeah. The worst is after it's been plowed and it's dirty snow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's all I look at all, all year. It's just, you know, a plowed over. Just It's completely filled with soot and dirt. Uh, and, uh, it's yeah. just the worst. Yeah. It's Gross. Your car's it's a no mess. Stinks. Your car's got salt all over it and stuff. Everything's dirty. It's, yeah. Worst. Awful. Everything's dead. You can't yeah. see out your windshield. You put the fucking 
the frost gimmick on and <laughs> you do the wipe and it's just oh, it's awful. It's just terrible. I don't miss that. Yeah. Definitely. No, just driving in New Jersey for, for like a week, uh, you know, last month or whatever. It reminded just, you of all the, uh, yeah, all the, uh... yeah, the cold and trying to get like the frost off the window oh, and yeah. you can't see. And I'm like, ah, I forgot about this. Like, you know, I just, in Texas, I just, you got to hard. No, you got to add like 20 minutes to your day, no matter what. I know if you're leaving, coming, going, you know, it, it's, the worst. Yeah, take out the garbage. Forget it. I don't want to put pants on to take out the garbage. Just leave the garbage on the back porch. Just don't take out the garbage. Just leave it. We have this thing where our garbage cans freeze over, so I just can't even take out the garbage for like three weeks. We just got to let it pile up in our house or put it out in the garage or something like that so a raccoon doesn't eat it. It's terrible. It's ridiculous. Nobody should live this way. Oh, nature's miserable. It really is. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I I'm, a that. I'm a couch guy. <laughs> you are indeed a couch and uh, MLB TV guy. So. I'm a couch. Yeah, I'm a couch guy. You know, I can't. You know, well, then, I am what I am. You, know, you must have loved WrestleMania weekend, then, man. That was a, that was a lot. That was a, that was a lot going on WrestleMania weekend. You did great coverage. The whole website did great coverage. VoicesWrestling.com did great coverage. Uh, you did great coverage on the on the Patreon as well. I was listening in as as those things were going on, trying to follow along, watching some of the shows. I'm I'm, I'm catching. I've caught up with a lot of the stuff that I feel like I need to watch or I had to watch. And and yeah, it was from what I saw, it was a good weekend. I mean, I'm not going to watch any of the junk, and I'm sure that probably helps it out a lot. But uh, you know, just watching, you know parts of wrestlemania all of ring of honor blood sports you know wrestlecon like just watching just the basic basic stuff uh has certainly helped uh uh things a little bit easier so joe lanza you still with me there you go oh, sorry you sound yeah. like you're on mute you um, sound like you're on mute for a sec sorry please don't watch eight hear me I don't know what's going on. There we go. I, I got you now. I got you, you now. Yeah. We, don't we, watch we, 18 shows like I did. There's no, no that that was I'm glad you did, but yeah, that's uh it's absurd. I'm leaving. I'm coming back because I think something's wrong. Okay. We'll let Joe go away. We'll let uh him reconnect to the call. Yeah, we've had some a little bit of issues connection wise. There we go. Joe Lanza is back. Hello. Uh, am I not, You're good. Is it a terrible delay? Okay. No, now we're we're good. in the same universe again. That's good. All right. Hello. Yeah. Yeah, that awful delay thing going on. That's fucking shits. Um, I'm going to assume that's not happening anymore. No, no, you sound good. You sound clear. All right. I can hear you. You can uh, hear me. So well, let's start this fucking show. It's been uh, almost 40 minutes of this nonsense. Um, what do we got topic wise here? Yeah, we got a lot of stuff here. We are going to talk about the plan. It's kind of a classic flagship here. There's not any big, big news, but we have a lot of little stuff to get to. So we're going to bounce all over the place. Uh, we got Singh. We got AEW trying to make India happen again. Uh, Satnam Singh debuts. We're going to talk about that uh, in a bit. Contract news. A lot of different uh, contract news. Chris Dickinson, John Moxley, uh, Juice Robinson. Borders opening up a little bit as well. Uh, so that could have some some effect on what's going to happen in uh, for New Japan and for other companies as well. I will touch on New Japan. Uh, Hyper Battle, Wrestling Dontaku, and uh, the show that I'm going to attend this weekend, Windy City Riot, uh, New Japan of America, but really a fully loaded show. Uh, from New Japan there in uh, Chicago. Uh, Shinjiro Otani, we'll talk about the uh, the injury that he suffered, the unfortunate injury he suffered, and where uh, we're at with that right now. Kane, uh, Kness, uh, he retired uh, as well, so we're going to talk about that show, a little bit about what's going on there. AEW Dynamite uh, appearing on other networks, New Japan World Wrestle Universe, and also Tony Khan versus the bots, which I was not there for the peak of the Tony Khan versus bots uh, thing, so I want you to kind of clue me in on what, what the takes were at the time, because I only know the takes from like a couple days later, but uh, I'm very curious on how Tony Khan versus the bots went. Uh, I lost track of time. Was that on Friday? Was was Tony Khan versus the bots? 
I don't remember what day Tony Khan versus the bots was, um, but you can only imagine how that went. I don't know if you need me to fill you in. I mean, kind of. Yeah. So the problem with Alaska too is like, you know, we're three hours behind. So like I was getting stuff in like the middle of the night and like nobody was around to kind of clue me in on exactly what was going on or what was happening. So let's start there because I'm kind of curious. I need to be caught up on Tony Khan versus the bots and, and, and what was all going on, what happened, how this happened. Is this related to Skynet? Like what's going on here with Tony Khan versus the bots? Well, how do you think it went when Tony Khan accused the <laughs> AEW haters of being bots? I mean, well, I'm imagining well. Can only imagine well, how that <laughs> reasoned and well wow. explained by all parties. Yeah, all parties eventually agreed to disagree, but for the most part, uh, tried to meet in the middle as much as they possibly could. Okay, so he claims he commissioned a study <laughs> to look into. Now, has anybody followed up on any of this or no? No, no, no. he hasn't released the study yet. Um, now he's claiming it's an independent study, but if he's commissioning the study, <laughs> Mookie and him. No, it's like he commissioned a study, but by definition, that wouldn't be independent because that would be, I'm not saying it doesn't make the study valid, but it's like, that's weird terminology to use, isn't it? To say, yeah. I commissioned hiring, an independent study. Yes. Right. If you're hiring someone to do a study, then it's not, I mean, that's, this is semantics, but anyway. This is such a weird story to begin with. So anyway, he, he, he commissioned this study. He claims it shows that, okay, so here's the thing. It's not that the troll accounts themselves are bots. This is not what he's saying. I'm not going to name – everyone knows who the troll accounts are. I'm not going to spotlight them. I'm not going to – No, they get enough spotlight uh, every time you log in on Twitter, by the way. Which, by, For people that – just to kind of give you a clue, if you stop using Twitter, Twitter – it works. It's great because you're not using Twitter anymore, so you're not wasting your time. But Twitter is the absolute dirt fucking worst app ever if you stop using it. Because if you don't tweet, it it tries so hard to give you these types of accounts. These yeah. engagement baits, bullshit, like awful... Just the dregs of society tweet. It tried, It's suggested for you is, you know, this dumb tweet with this dumb guy. Okay, is, well, that's exactly what Khan is saying. Yes. The reason, the reason everyone gets all of these troll accounts, and we all know who they are, okay? Um, the reason everyone has these troll accounts suggested constantly, this, you might like, you know, you might like this. And it's like, no, I hate this account. Why would I? I don't like this. Stop right. putting Even it on my time. The best, the ones I've blocked, ones that I know are blocked. And it says you might like or hey this this you know they're talking about AEW I don't care. I'm glad I'm glad I'm really glad I have blocked them topic. I don't want to see them yeah topic all oh, the topics. wrestling and oh, it's the, the troll account <laughs> the worst topic AEW and it's the troll account and okay so this is what he's saying he's saying what this study proves is that there are bot an army of bot accounts and fake accounts commissioned by someone and he's strongly implying it's WWE to slap like and slap retweet and engage with the troll accounts, which then pushes the troll accounts up the algorithm and puts them on everybody's timelines. Now, anyone who follows how social media works knows that this is not uncommon at all. This is the game in politics. Right. I was going to say U.S. politics. <laughs> Great example. So. 
yeah, this is the game. You you know, it's it's because these troll accounts are getting all of this artificial engagement. The algorithm the algorithm thinks that these are you know popular tweets, and they're suggesting them to everybody's timelines, even if you don't follow these people, which is why everybody knows who all these troll accounts are. Even though a lot of them have like. 3,000 followers, 6,000 followers. They're not like heavily followed accounts. And everyone's like, well, why are they all over everybody's timelines? This is why. Because Khan is claiming that his study proves that there is an army of bot accounts propping up all of these anti-AEW AEW troll accounts and gaming the algorithm. I believe it. I mean, there's no reason not to believe that that's not the case because this is not something that's uncommon. Now, obviously, what's happening is all of the world's dumbest people think that Khan is saying that the troll accounts themselves are bots. But that's not what he's saying. He's saying the bots are propping up the troll accounts. Oh, okay. So you're getting the bot accounts are doing laugh cry emojis. Oh, Tony Khan doesn't think I'm real. Ha ha. You know, yes. Like, okay, perfect. Great. Mm, chef's kiss. Yeah. I love it. Love so it. now that's what's happening on Twitter. Oh, God. All of the troll accounts who who we already knew were all like the world's dumbest people. Like these people aren't very bright. Like they're taking it as Tony Khan is claiming that we're all bots and we're fake because nobody could possibly dislike his amazing wrestling company. Yeah, okay. So that's the tact they're taking with it now. And yeah, they're tweeting like robot heads at each other and beep bop boop. And you know, <laughs> they're just complete idiots because they don't understand <laughs> what the guy, what like what he's saying, but what he probably should have done like what he put out in his tweet was, I know this to be true. We have the study. And then he said, you internet detectives are really good at this stuff. You can go research it yourself. You'll find the same conclusion. And now people have researched it themselves. And if you look, they're finding like beneath these tweets, they're going through the likes. And it's all of these zero follower accounts with Roman Reigns avatars and like random bot names like, you know. Steve nine seven six five four three. You know, <laughs> right, 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 right. Name letter, name letters and numbers, and like a Sasha Banks avatar or a WWE avatar, and they have no followers and they have no tweets, but they just spend all day hitting like on the troll accounts and replying, and you know, it's just so. It's I mean, look, this is not far fetched. Like people are acting like Tony Khan is an insane person. No, I mean, it, it literally, if you lived in America. In the last election cycle, you know this to be very, very, very true and, and, yeah. and very obvious to everybody that this is going on. And if you don't think WWE would lower themselves to, to participating in this type of scheme or concocting this kind of scheme or pouring money into this kind of gaming of social media to, you know, because you might be thinking, oh, well, why would WWE – a publicly traded billion dollar company making record profits waste any time or resources to uh to spotlight AEW troll accounts why what like what's the return on that and why would they waste their time there can't be much return on that investment uh wouldn't they be above that this is the same company that spends $2000 a week to get fast nationals on friday on friday nights and we're sending these fast nationals to all of these media outlets, all of which stopped running them after a couple of weeks when they realized what WWE was up to, except for one guy, the cheese platter guy, yeah. the cheese platter idiot, who is Alfred Kodawa, who's the only guy left who's running the fast nationals. Well, running them on certain weeks. 
Right, exactly. Yeah. Which is when, the best yeah, part of the entire yeah. thing. Is that yeah. Everybody goes, uh oh, we haven't heard from Alfred. That means AEW Rampage must have done really well or or you know it's, it's so the at the best. beginning I love it. I love at, it. Yeah. So at the beginning of the Fast National thing, if you recall, Wrestling Inc. was putting them out. Sean Ross sapped it at one week, I think. Mm-hmm. Um a whole number of people. Raj Geary was doing it. Um Who's the Jakar Noor nightclub guy? Uh, oh, Andrew Zarian. Uh, Sorry, Andrew. Andrew Zarian was putting them out. Um, and then slowly but surely, once everybody got sniffed out the hustle, and remember, we're the ones that broke that story, that it was WWE feeding everybody the Fast Nationals. And then Sean Ross Sapp said, I don't want nothing to do with this. He stopped. And that's not really his game anyway. Like ratings and business, that he's a scoops guy. He right, doesn't right, really. Right, right. He, he didn't need so it. He, yeah, it. It adds nothing to his business whatsoever. He doesn't need it. Yeah. Wrestling Inc., Raj Geary said, I, I don't want to do this anymore. Andrew Zarian, uh, he just didn't like the replies. He didn't like being involved in the drama that it brings. So he stopped. He's like, I'm not doing this shit anymore. The only one left standing <laughs> is the cheese platter dork. So think about this. They're still spending $2,000 a week to have for, one person. To have one person who has like 6,000 followers, which is nothing, and who gets almost no engagement. If you look at his tweets, like his fast national tweets, even with people constantly even, – even though half the engagement is just dunks and people telling him he's co-opted and a loser, they still only have like 80 retweets. Or like, you know, 100 likes. So they're spending this money, $2,000 a week, to spread this Saturday morning propaganda with one guy who gets almost no engagement that nobody takes seriously. So why wouldn't they put resources, time, and money into having bots? Um, What's the word I'm looking for when you spotlight someone on social media? What's the phrase everybody uses? Mm. Um, Signal boost. To signal boost and and cheat the algorithm, these troll accounts. You're telling me they wouldn't do that? Like that's – it's similarly uh, – you know, it, it, it's, it's a very similar scheme in terms of being petty and seemingly non-impactful, but that's the game they play. They play it with the cheese platter guy every week. Why wouldn't they be behind this one? Someone's behind it. Who else would it be? Who else would – would have any interest, right, in gaming the social media algorithms this in this way so that there's negative AEW content at the top of everybody's Twitter feeds. There's no one else who would who who would want to do that other than WWE. Right, or who would have the money, who would have that the, 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 the capital or... or the motivation, the capital, all that sort of stuff, the the, the resources to do it as well. Yeah. Makes sense. So sure. it's totally believable that they're behind it. Um Khan didn't flat out say that. He just said in the tweet, I don't know if you saw it, he said, now think about who would want to be behind such a scam. Yeah. Like he strongly implied that that's who it is. Um, someone just hit a grand slam in that game that you could put on. I think his name is, yeah. Oh, I put, yeah I I remember on. how I put it? Remember how you said that I was going to put this on and things were going to go immediately yeah. to shit? Well, here we go. So Otani gives up a grand slam. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's what's going on with the bots. It's totally plausible, uh, totally believable. I 100% think it's happening. It's, it's, you know, that's WWE's playbook. That's what they do. And it, it definitely answers the mystery of how all of these shitty accounts end up being so prominent when really nobody follows them. You know, it's the, it's the same circle jerk of people following each other. 
yet all of these accounts, you know, yeah, because it is pretty remarkable. These ones that you're talking about, you'll you'll see, and they have you know fourteen hundred likes and seven hundred and twenty retweets, and you're like, oh my god, this must be. And then you look, and the account's got like seven thousand followers. You're like, what? <laughs> like that's insane. Yeah. Like it's it's. I just always chalked it up to like, oh, they're, they're, they must have nothing of value to actually offer, and so people. Well, but it's the same accounts all the time that are doing the same. And I'm like, people are still just liking all these accounts and retweeting them, but never following them. Okay, you know what I mean? Okay, or it's, yeah, like you yeah. said, it's just those people following. It's very bizarre, but uh, yeah, I mean, anybody with it, anybody again, who if you lived through American politics over the most recent years, you know that this is just a game and used by all sides too like don't no question yeah. like used by all sides and uh, honestly i wouldn't be super surprised if at some point AEW doesn't say well you know why don't we get involved in it you know if if this is the way we got to play the game and we got to play dirty then you know okay fine we'll play dirty like this is it's kind of the game now and and it sucks it's making all this already horrid social media even more horrid which is great that's all exactly what we needed is for this just to suck even more and be even more of an uh, you know embarrassing awful time waste of, of all of our lives so yeah, and it's not even just like the idea is not they're trying to brainwash wrestling fans into thinking it's bad. It's not just that. It's it's everything. It's advertisers. It's people who don't know anything about wrestling think that all of these wrestling accounts think AEW is shit. You know what I mean? So it's like they're just trying to control, you know, change. Uh, I was going to say control narrative. I was so going to say, like you, the EC3 is going to get at you if you talk about that. Yeah, He's, but, uh, he's kind of ruined that phrase. He's kind of ruined that phrasing for... Uh, for everybody else but i mean that's 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 kind of and, and again in the grand scheme what is it really accomplishing probably not much but it, it, that they're not they're not above that of course they're not oh, above hell no that. good god look at the history of this company if you think they're above that yeah, the fucking fast nationals i mean it's a waste of time like they even had darren rovell doing it at first remember like he put out, <laughs> yeah, right. you know and then and then he got dogpiled the first week, and then he was like, "Oh, I'm not, I'm not participating." Even he backed out and stopped participating in it. But he obviously, you know, I'm sure that he, like Nick Khan knows everybody. I'm sure Rovell's connection was Nick Khan. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Nick Khan is his agent. I think or that's was his true. Agent. I think that's they was. I think it's was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not anyone's agent anymore. Right, right, right. He had to I give meant, that all up. But I'm almost positive that Ravel uh, or Khan was Ravel's agent. Yeah, so they send it to Ravel too because they know he has a big following, and his following extends beyond wrestling fans. So yeah, my Ravel sorry, out, my agent of of 15 years, Nikon, well, the CAA to become president and, and see uh, CRO of WWE. So yeah, so when he gets a WWE PR email with these fast nationals you know, designed to make it look like, you know, Rampage is failing and SmackDown is crushing it and all this. Um, he's not only going to put it out, but because he doesn't know anything about wrestling and because he doesn't, and because he is pals with Nick Khan, he's going to obviously phrase it in a way that's, and, and I remember his tweet that day was really embarrassing. It was just, you know, um, you know, you know, WWE claims a gigantic victory in week one of this gigantic war. And it's like, he doesn't, he's not aware that like, of course, every, you know, everyone else is aware that, yeah, the show on Fox is going to, is going to beat the show on at 10 o'clock at night on cable, but he doesn't know any better. And it's just, that's the game they play, you know? And, and, but even he backed out, you know, after the wrestling fans dogpiled him and were like, you're a fucking mutt falling for propaganda. He was, you know, he got out too. The only there's only one guy left doing it, and they're still spending money <laughs> to send, <laughs> so that this guy can tweet it to his six thousand followers. Yeah, it's, only when only when the numbers are good, though. 
Only one, right? And only when it's a complete bad for ghost AW. on the yeah. on the days when the numbers are our favorite AEW. Or AEW had a great rating, and SmackDown didn't ghost. Can't find him with a search party. It, it's it's pretty incredible. So yeah, and you know, and we took a lot of shit because people thought we were, you know, bullshitting and making up the fact that this was WWE propaganda, and then it all came out um, that that was in fact the case. Um, but yeah, so they would totally be involved in this kind of like you know this this algorithm scheme there's no doubt about it and you know and they have the money to burn to do these things that two thousand dollars a week is nothing oh that's good god that's chump change for them a hundred thousand dollars a year right it's it's you know it's it's nothing so um you know to their to their bottom line and you know if you know if they could hire an army of people for 10 bucks an hour to just fucking or set up uh, not even hire two fucking tech bros to fucking come up with a Say I don't have to do anything. Just run a run a program, run a run a run an app, run you know something in the background, run a code. Yeah, it's it's easy. Yeah, yeah. So you know that's that's uh, Tony Khan versus the bots right. to catch up, Rich, and uh, summarize for everybody else who isn't on Twitter who listens glad to the to, show. Glad to hear. Which, which is a lot of our listeners, by the way. People think like the world revolves around. Twitter no, it really doesn't. It doesn't. It only matter. does if you if your life right. Yes, like, if there's you a live world. on it, 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 everybody lives on it. But trust me, when you get right. off of it, nobody lives on it. It's so yeah. minimal the amount of people yeah. that live on it. It's 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 pretty wild. And so until you take a step back, and until you do what we did, where you know we we were saying, all right, we're we're done with Twitter. Let's see how it affects our business and. Um, quite literally, it didn't it helped our business a lot? So. It's, it's... Oh, you mean everything up since yes. we left twitter like right. it, which i wasn't expecting no which, uh, no no Our, uh... we were like this could be bad let's see how it plays out though and everything is up i don't get it either i don't understand it it doesn't make sense to me um but whatever bullshit, um, is bullshit. yeah there you go i guess so but uh that's Tony Khan versus the bots. You want right. to do some other AEW stuff? Yeah, here thanks or... for catching me up on that. Yeah, let's let's go because uh, t- Tony Khan uh, with the, uh, the the country of India trying to get India to happen yet again. We have a new giant in AEW. He is a former NBA draft pick, fifty second overall by the Dallas Mavericks. Did you ever watch the uh, documentary uh, with Satnam Singh? I forget what it was called. I think it was called One in a Billion, the Netflix documentary. No, I never it's, heard of this man until yesterday. Oh, it's so. pretty good. Actually, you know what? I would recommend. I don't know if it's still. Let me try to see if it is still available. Uh, it was a Netflix. I don't know if they produced it or if it was just on Netflix. Um, let's see if I go to watch Netflix watch. Uh, yeah, it appears to still be available on Netflix. Yeah, called One in a Billion, all about his journey uh, to try to make it to the NBA, get drafted by the NBA as you know one of the, the few people in India playing basketball, regularly playing, being good enough to go to the NBA and and obviously, you know, he had everything kind of working for him. It didn't quite work out. He never quite made it all the way there. I uh, got pretty close, got to the minors, got to the Texas Legends G League team or whatever. Uh, so he was able to get really, really close. But, yeah, still didn't uh, uh, him. I think Sim, your, your boy Simbalur, uh, he ended up making it for a little while. But Simbalur uh, played NBA minutes? I'm trying to remember if he did. I know that I saw a picture of him in a jersey. I, that may have just been Summer League. Let me see if he actually got uh, any run. They really tried. I want to say he did. Yeah, three games in Sacramento. So there you go. Oh, he did. Well, like 2016 or something. Uh, like 2015. That. Yeah. And then he had his horrible brother. Right? Wasn't there another brother? He too? had a brother. Yeah. It was yeah. so bad. I don't know. Whatever happened to that one? They both played at New Mexico State. Um, their their careers in college overlapped a little, and the brother. I mean, I didn't think either one of them were any good. I mean, they both like moved like bags of sand. 
but um, which in today's NBA was going to be a problem. But uh, yeah, the brother was even worse. Like Tan- I, I, Tanvir is Tanvir, his brother. Yeah. yeah, Tanvir Bular. Yeah. Well, what's their connection to the AEW guy? They they uh um to the Singh guy. They're, but they, they're just Indian descent. Just and Indian descent players trying to make it to the NBA or trying got to it. you know and and. Sim did make it. Uh, Singh never did make it, and then he immediately once you know the the NBA thing was was kind of done. He realized that was over. He tries out for WWE, doesn't quite make it there. Uh, and then a couple of years later, I forget exactly when it was. It may have been like in 2020, like during the pandemic, uh, a video came out that he had you know signed with AEW and was going to begin training with AEW. And then you really didn't hear a whole lot from him. He was kind of a you know. I remember that he they had him. If you looked at the AEW roster, like on Wikipedia, you'd go like, "Who the fuck is setting him sing?" And then you'd say, "Oh, okay, yeah, right, right. I remember that guy now." Okay, and they kind of just put him on ice. I don't know if I saw him in any training videos. I don't know if anything got released by the Nightmare Factor or whatever. I have no idea where he was training, or what was going on. Uh, and then out of nowhere, yesterday, last night, closing segment of, of Dynamite. There's there's Satnam Singh as uh, Jay Lethal and, and and Sanjay Dutt's heater, which. Okay, so if this guy never played college ball, what 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 drove the Mavericks to draft him? Like what? Because um, we're well past the time where teams are just drafting tall guys because they're tall. Because that the game has changed. I think so. That they largely and, and like he had skills. Like he was a good ball player. Where was he, he playing though? He, so I'm... he played in the IMG Academy in America. Oh, okay. So okay. he was doing that stuff, and 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 then he was. I forget after. That I think there was some reason why he wasn't eligible for the NCAA's, and and if in that documentary, which again I haven't seen the documentary since it came out, I think he wasn't, he still isn't very, or at that time he wasn't very good at speaking English, and I don't think that he had some citizenship papers or whatever, so that he couldn't get a scholarship. So if he couldn't get a scholarship, he basically just had no idea what to do. So he basically out of high school applied for the NBA draft, I believe. Because they technically he could because he had to wait he had to wait like a year you have to be you know a year away from your high school career or whatever so yeah. then like they and I I think a lot of the selection of him was I don't know what the Mavericks thought oh this guy's gonna be great like this guy's gonna rule you, you know what I mean like this guy's gonna be a, a, a I think a lot of it was similar to what wrestling companies do with, with when the talent like this you know arrives is like well maybe this is something we can you know maybe he maybe we we can unlock something with him. And if we do, like, oh, my God, we're going to be the top team in India. And that's going to be huge or whatever. Didn't quite work out, obviously, because he wasn't very good. So, um, yeah. If you watch that documentary, it's clear that a lot of the reason the Dallas Mavericks got him was, was, you know, they weren't really spending a big-time draft pick on him. I think it was like, hey, look, if the guy sucks, he sucks, whatever. But if he's good or okay or we can play him, like, the business aspect of, of getting, you know, an Indian-born NBA player that's got actual talent, like, that, that would far outweigh the negatives here. So let's give it a shot. And it obviously did not work, so. All right, so here we are. He debuts yesterday with the Lights Out gimmick. You know, I talked about on the Thursday TV reviews right before this show. Um, I think people are being really, really hard on this like it was the worst thing they've ever seen. And I look, the angle wasn't good, okay? Um, but I don't think it was nearly as bad as people are making it out to be. To me, the big mistake was turning the lights off because when you turn the lights off, Especially AEW. Yes. They use it a You're lot. Tell- to wrestling fans, that's telling them a big surprise is coming and you're going to pop through the roof. And then they turn the lights back on and it's a guy that no one's ever heard of. And in this day and age, just being seven foot four or whatever, 
that's especially an AEW crowd is not going to be particularly impressed with that unless the guy impresses them. And then his physicality was unimpressive. So forget it. The, the segment bombed. But I feel like if he just would have come out from the tunnel or if he would have came in through the crowd behind Samoa Joe and you have this big, tall, imposing guy. Right. Yeah. Samoa Joe backing up to the barricade and all of a sudden this big, giant Indian dude chokes him from behind or whatever. That could that that would be cool. That would work. Yeah, I feel like that would have worked better. Now, the physicality still would have looked like shit and the angle still probably wouldn't have worked. But once you turn those lights off, you're telling people we've got something big. And then when the lights come on and it's this fucking guy that no one's ever heard of and then he stinks, that's just a recipe for 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 a bomb. So that's why it bombed. But um I mean, I think people are going overboard with how horrible it was. No. Uh, look like- <laughs> are, you're telling me that people are going over. There was one really bad angle on AEW, and people are going overboard about it and are not going to let up for months on end. You're, you're out of your mind, Joe. Get out of here. Again, I didn't think it was good <laughs> by any means. Um, but, man, I mean, you know, you would have thought that, you know, I, I don't even have a comparison to make. I mean, it's like I talked about behind the paywall. And, you know, that wasn't even the worst part. That wasn't even the worst thing last night on Dynamite. Or the second worst thing. Rich, the worst facet of Dynamite last night was the fact that they have a world title Texas death match in two days and didn't do anything to promote it on Dynamite. Why isn't anybody talking about that? (laughs) You're right. Yeah, I didn't even think. I was listening to to your Thursday tea reviews, flagshippatreon.com. VoiceWrestling.com slash Patreon, however you want to get there. Uh, I was listening, and, and yeah, you mentioned that, and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I completely forgot that that's happening in two days. And I watched I'm that watching of it. The and, show. And, and you're right. Like, I, I, I just out of sight, out of mind. Like, and then when you mentioned that, I was like, no, that's next week, right? No, no, that's, that's, that's in two days. All right. Here. How do you not do a huge angle? How do you not have Hangman come out and cut a fiery promo? Something. Those fast nationals that aren't going to be good. Those fast nationals are not going to be good. I mean, fuck, that's so much worse than debuting some dopey giant. I mean, I understand that was a little bit of a disappointment, you know, with the overrun and stay tuned and all this. I get it. Yeah, not I'm promoting not a massive was... world title match on your show happening in two days is, is, is pretty bad. When the show it's on is out of its time slot and you need all the promotion you can get. That's right. You're right. I forgot about that aspect. And they do nothing to promote their world title match. Okay? That was the worst thing about Dynamite last night. Not this dopey giant. Okay, because chances are he's just going to stand in the corner during Jay Lethal's matches, and it is what it is. Okay, so let's move into. Oh, and by the way, the second worst thing about Dynamite was that Marina Shafir. I was going to say that that was my runner for. That's what I assumed it was the number one worst thing in Dynamite. But you're right, the, not promoting the world title matches. But uh, in any I'm other, not repeat my rants. Yeah, in any other game. universe, that that horrendous match would be uh, the worst thing ever happened yeah. on, on a wrestling show. So. Way worse than the Giant as well. But let's talk about the Giant. So I think it's one of three things with this. Either Tony Khan genuinely thinks that this guy can be a big deal and he's going to be a major part of this Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt act moving forward. And make no mistake, Lethal's going to get a big push out of this. Oh, my God. Yeah, if you watch that Ring of so, Honor, I mean, they're the mo- they were one of the most important factors of that Ring of Honor show. The closing angle of the Ring of Honor show was all about them. Um, it was all about this feud, um, and then yeah, it leads into Dynamite. So it 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 ended the Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor show with Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt versus Samoa Joe, 
and then it, it it caps off this dynamite episode as well. I mean that that's big. Like if that 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 is a a very shi- a, a spotlight, a shining light, a neon sign telling you that yeah, if if you don't like Jay Lethal, uh, you're not gonna like Dynamite and ROH a lot, you know, moving forward because that well, they're yeah, gonna yeah, push yeah, the hell out of that. I mean, he's crazy over every time he wrestles. I mean, when he wrestled Mox a few weeks ago, they were doing "Let's Go Mox, Let's Go Lethal" dueling chants. I mean, I am stunned at how over Jay Lethal has been since he came to AEW. And this was even, I think he went like two months without even being on TV other than being thrown out first in a battle Royal. Right. And losing a lot too, if I remember correctly. Right. Mm-hmm. I think I, I forget what the record was, but I think someone pointed out that he's like basically, you know, never winning on, on TV. Yeah. Well, they brought him out. Well, yeah. His whole deal was he, he would lose to the upper mid Carters and, but, and you know, he'd have good matches against the upper mid Carters and lose, which is what I thought and his then, role was going to be, honestly. And, and I, I'm, I'm kind of fine too. with that. Like he's a good veteran hand to go yeah. out there you know, you can have a win every so often, but yeah, he takes a loss and it's not that big of a deal. It doesn't really matter. Kind of what we said about Bobby Fish as well before Kyle O'Reilly yeah. came is that if O'Reilly was not going to be available and you couldn't put Red Dragon back together, that's a great role for Bobby Fish as well. That guy that, you know, he can get a win over the undercard guys. He can get a, a win, get a few squash matches, but then when he's in there with the big boys, he loses, but at least he's going to give you a, a, a solid enough match. You know what you're going to get out of him. He's, yeah, prof- a professional through and through. So yeah, you and that's exactly what I thought Jay Lethal's role was going to be. Yeah, and it was what his role was until this push. And that was what Bobby Fish's role was until Kyle O'Reilly showed up. And it's what Tony Nese has been. And I guess now Tony Nese is going to get a push, you know, with Mark Sterling. So it's like, you know, but, but, you know, lethal is over. He has excellent matches every time out. And now they're going to uh, push him. And so Singh is either just going to be an, an innocuous corner man to look good on TV because he's seven, two and, or whatnot, or, you know, Meltzer's reporting, you know, that, you know, they, they just signed this television deal for India and there's t- and it's under the discovery umbrella. So there's a tie in there with the discovery um, time Warner merger. So there's a lot of corporate synergy there. And maybe this is a move to throw a bone to your corporate partner by featuring a guy who allegedly is a major celebrity in India. I had someone from India tell me that no one really knows who this guy is. Uh, and maybe that's a little overstated. So who knows um, if there's any Indian listeners who want to chime in, uh, you know, let us know somehow, uh, you know, Twitter or discord, whatever, but uh, maybe just throwing their corporate partners in India a bone by featuring this alleged Indian celebrity on the TV, or maybe Tony, you know, really does believe that this guy can be a star who can help them break through in India. Yeah, wanted a heater. It, it works with Sanjay Dutt as well. Like, there's, a, there's, there's a yeah. reason. I mean, it, it doesn't aesthetically like if this guy was just a dude. If this guy it was just a guy like off the street, no, you know, no background. He was just a guy that trained to become a wrestler. Like, it's still aesthetically. A, 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 I mean, it's pro wrestling. Like the heater, the giant guy, like that. That is still something you see very often. It, it very rarely works in today's wrestling landscape yeah. it, it almost always doesn't work in today's wrestling landscape but it's still that a very intriguing thing that people always try to do because it, it's just it looks like it should work it's wrestling and there's this giant guy that's gonna you know beat guys up like it, it always seems like it should work it's just there's been so many horrible examples of it over the last couple of decades that it just doesn't really work as much as it used it almost never works anymore i mean you know because especially now where people see through just being big but the aspect of it I, I want to discuss is 
if this is a okay, this could just be Tony Khan throwing a bone to his, you know, to his corporate partners and making it look like they are, you know, they're featuring this great Indian star by giving him the prominent spot at the end of this television episode. But at the end of the day, he's just going to be standing there in the corner. You know what I mean? But it's a nice piece of footage to send to your Discovery India uh, people who you're doing business with to say, oh, look at that. Look who we, you know, look, look what we did with this guy. But that, and that could be all it is. But it could be a genuine attempt once again for a wrestling promoter to try to create a great Indian star so they can capitalize on what is like, you know, the second biggest population in the world and a population that eats up pro wrestling on YouTube and social media, but that nobody has figured out how to monetize, right? And if that's the case, history tells us that this is not going to work. No. Uh, you know, Rinka King with Impact and Mahabali Shira with Impact and WWE putting their world title on, uh, on Jinder Mahal and then building a, an Indian tour around him, and then that tour flopping so badly that they had to cancel shows, and then he gets beat by Triple H on the last night of the tour. It just never works. WWE has been trying to figure out how to convert these millions of YouTube views into money for years, and they haven't figured out a way. So what would make AEW think that they're going to be the ones to figure out the magic solution of cracking the code in India and turning it into millions and millions of dollars. It seems to me that, you know, this is a large population of people who likes consuming wrestling through YouTube or whatever, but they either, either because the economy stinks and they don't have the money or because they just don't want to spend money on it. There's just no way to squeeze any money out of this. So why do people keep, why do they keep trying? You know, what, what, what's your take on this? Yeah, I, it's just, it's such this, like you said, it, it, there, there's still this desire to think, man, somebody's got to be able to figure this out. Like, you know, and, and, and I get it. Like, you pro they probably look at their numbers. They look at their YouTube views. They're, they're, they're a company, a very data-driven company. So there's no doubt that they look and go, Jesus Christ, all these people from India, we got to get these people. Like, how can we get these people doing this? How can we people doing that? And, and it might have just worked out, like you said, that, that as of, you know, them signing that TV deal in India – them looking at all the numbers and all the, you know, assuming, and I'm just saying I'm assuming, but I, I don't know that for a fact, but just assuming that their numbers are, or, you know, the social media numbers, the, the YouTube numbers, all that sort of stuff in India are very high. Because, I mean, that that has been the case in WWE. It's been the case in a, with a lot of sports uh, and entertainment, you know, mediums as they see these numbers coming from India and, and are always just like, all right, how can we get these people to actually give us money? How can we get these people, to, how can we monetize this stuff to more than just following us on social media, liking us, retweeting us and watching stuff on YouTube? How can we get these people to buy stuff, to watch stuff, to, to, to really go out and do more than just consume our stuff on there? So I get it. There's that temptation where you just look at that number and go, God, we got to try to get something of this. Even if we get 5% of these people to start buying stuff or, 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 or purchasing something, then we're, we're, in the, we're in the money. We're doing well. Like, I get it. I understand totally. How you, but it's going to take it – might, it might require everybody to fail at it and everybody to try and then fail at it on their own to then never go back to it. Because WWE has not gone back to it. What was that, 2016, the Jinder Mahal thing? And they're done. They have not gone back to that whatsoever. They haven't even when's the, when's the last time – do you have to go back to Bret Hart? Wasn't he a legitimate draw in India? Yes, uh, yes, and, yes. In India and also the Middle East and also um, 
I think Bret Hart was a big, but that's going back what twenty five years, almost thirty years. Uh, um, and, and, and before that, you'd have to go maybe all the way back to Dara Singh. I mean, it's just it's it's no one has been able to make money there and and not lack of trying i mean impact has been putting effort into that seemingly for i don't know if this is what tony khan's bone and you know it's good to have an indian star on your tv if you're trying to cut business deals in india and like you said it's not just Singh, but it's also sanjay dutt now as well so you know now there's um You know, an Indian presence on the television that wasn't there before, right? And you know, and and, and this guy is seven foot two or whatever, and he's allegedly a big celebrity over there. So I, I don't know. Maybe it's just a night we're going to make a star out of this uh, out of optical that AEW can make any inroads into India that these other companies. The way that Jinder Mahal was booked. Uh, Joe, can you hear me real quick? Hello. That year, and then they set up that oh. tour, and then every, everything just flops so badly. You know, I can hear you. Yeah. Okay, I'm yeah. Talking. You might want to disconnect and come back. Yeah, it's disconnect and come back, and uh, we'll try to get Joe again. Yeah, he's in and out. So, huh. bad connections going on today. Let's see. I'm trying to get everything out of my system to see if that's good to go. But yeah, we'll try to get Joe back in here uh, and figure out what was going on there. But. You know, one of the things, and I, I think Joe was kind of starting to talk about it there before he left, but one of the things that I do wonder about, it was kind of the same issue that they did with Jinder is with WWE, and, and I wonder if they're coming into the same issue here uh, with Singh and with Dud, is that do Indian fans really give a shit if guys are, if they're like heels and like hated awful heels or whatever? Joe, are you back in the abyss? Yeah, oh God, he's in the abyss again. All right. Yeah, all right. I back. think all I'm right. back. All right. Well, you're back for now. Yes. Uh, yeah. Wow. There you go. So um, I, I forgot to mention, uh, I was talking a bit, and then I'll get to my other point. I forgot they did the uh, the WWE India thing. Remember they did that tournament that was kind of awesome? They hired a bunch of those people, and then that was all, all those people are gone now. You know, <laughs> you know. so that was, again, Superstar another. Spectacle. Yeah, yeah. So they did try it again. I forget about that. I completely forget that a couple years ago they tried it again, but then, of course, Yet again, they decided, okay, this isn't going to work. Forget it. And all those people are gone and fired and really didn't follow up on that uh, whatsoever. But, you know, what I was going to say is the presentation of these characters might be an issue in the sense that when Jinder was there, it was, you know, he's evil. He's an awful foreigner. Yeah, 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 all that sort of stuff. And I do wonder if there is that issue of, okay, are people going to, are people in India going to get invested in this evil, awful, you know, guy beating up Samoa Joe and Sanjay Dutt, the evil, awful man. Like, why would they get invested in that? Like, you were mentioning Bret Hart earlier, and people might be thinking, oh, yeah, it's the Canada, you know, but no, Bret Hart was hugely popular in all those countries and all over the world when he was still a good guy, when he was still the the, the clean-cut Canadian babyface or whatever. And then, you know, his popularity in Canada exploded even more when, when he did the Hart Foundation stuff. But it's I do wonder if, like, they're making the wrong attempt at if, if you're going to create an Indian fan base is making the Indian all every Indian on your TV evil and awful. Is that going to make people start watching? I don't know. It didn't work for WWE. It didn't make them, you know, 
get invested in Jinder Mahal. But on the flip side, Malabala Shira, who at, at times was the Indian superstar, hot baby face, all that sort of stuff, Shira Shuffle, all that sort of stuff, that didn't really result in anything either. So I don't know. There's probably no right answer. Shira also stunk. He was terrible. Yeah. Well, and so Singh's, that, that couldn't Singh's help. going to stink too. I mean, let's be honest. It sure looks like it. Um, look, these big seven foot tall basketball players, your El Hagantes, uh, your, your, uh, your great colleagues, your giant Silva. What was his name in the oddities? I can never remember. Uh, giant uh, Silva. Yeah, he was giant Silva. Oh, that way. Oh, he's the same name. Okay. I think he was Silva. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, Cause I almost. think, Oh, great. Almost is another one. He stinks. Cause great colleague was giant Singh elsewhere. That's, I think that's where I'm confused. They gave great Kali yes. a new yes, name yes. and giant Silva. They kept, okay. But none of these guys are ever good. And you know, but but it doesn't stop wrestling promoters from trying because they just look so physically imposing, and um, you know. So, but but yeah, it, it's it, it, they've been trying to find another Andre the Giant for fifty years, and it just never. You know, Ron Reese. I mean, you could even you know, yeah. it, there's just so many of them. You know, and uh, there's no reason to think that this one will work any better. It was a parade of them in the in, in the early FCW days. Remember the your, your uh, Eli uh, Cottonwood. Eli Cottonwood. Uh, who was the one dude that was around for like Jackson? What what was his name? Jackson something. I forget. You know who I'm talking about? He appeared one time. Not Ezekiel Jackson. Uh, maybe it's not Jackson. I forget his name. Oh oh oh! oh. I know the guy you're talking about. I yeah yeah yeah. Um, he's a white guy. Yeah, uh, he kind of looked like a, like a dollar store Kevin Nash guy. <laughs> you know, he was just a oh yeah. I forget his name. I can't think of his name either. Yeah. yeah. Uh, You know, but isn't there in, isn't it widely known? Like, isn't it a thing where advertisers or, and and companies and even YouTube itself, don't they track YouTube views, total views, and then also track total views minus India because they know that it's impossible to monetize and, and advertisers aren't even concerned with, numbers coming out of india did i imagine that or no is that no a- you're, you're right i mean we do it at my place i mean i could tell you from my work it's like we don't sell in you know one part of my company doesn't have anything to do with india and yet like we have you know 800 people a day from india like going on our website and doing stuff and it's like yeah i mean that's completely irrelevant so you but know, they never I, buy anything right never buy they, they, they a can't buy anything and they never do but you know sometimes you know and we do have you know and, and the other part of my business does have Parts in India, and we get a lot of traffic from India, but we sell a couple of things. You know, what I mean, we sell, we sell a handful right, of things right. in India, but you know, it gets huge numbers. It, 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 it's so, but yeah, it, it's so, it's a strange area. It's a very strange area in terms of how marketers handle it. Um, people have long, I mean, people are still to this day. It, it does feel like this great unknown because there's so many people, and there seems so engaged in a lot of different ways. But you know, people that have studied it have, have looked at you know, you know, different parts of poverty. Looked at like, hey, look. It's a lot. It's it's free to watch something on YouTube. It's free to consume something on Twitter. It's not free to buy a pay per view. It's not free to buy T shirts. It's not free to buy you know uh, a streaming service or whatever. So yeah, they're of course going to go into more of that direction. And it's so many people in a certain demographic or whatever. So it's it's strange. I don't know. It, it, it's the great is it mystery. Just gonna, is, is okay. So is it the the population combined with the fact that it's a very tech savvy nation and and they're extremely online, um, but. They just due to the 
economy there or whatever. That's a little. Just, a lot of the research I've seen has done that, but I don't think anybody's quite clear if that's it or if they just haven't been properly engaged or properly figured out yet. It might just be that they're so tech savvy and they just say, I'm not going to pay for this shit. Like, you know, we're the dummies in America saying, oh, I better give, you know, WWE $19 on Peacock, you know, so I can watch whatever. And they're just like, fuck it. I'll watch it on YouTube. Who gives a shit? You know, that they might yeah. be smarter than us in that sense. Yeah. So, Yeah, I don't know. But the point here is it, it, it's even outside of wrestling, it, you know, this is kind of a well-known thing where it's very, very hard to monetize India. So, um, so I don't know, but it's just funny how wrestling promoters will just never stop with this. It's just too tempting. I guess when they see the numbers to try to crack the code and figure out a way, um, or it could have just been, you know, maybe, maybe in order to make these television deals in some of these countries, they, that, you know, they just want some representation on the show and they may not even be concerned with whether the person is a star or not, or, you know, they might not even know the difference. Like what does some television executive in India know about wrestling to know the difference between whether Singh is on the same level of star as, you know, John Moxley, you know, they just see him on the show and assume that everybody, you know what I mean? So it, it could just be a matter of, you know, just getting that representation on the show just to make these people happy. So it's easier to cut these deals. But, um, Look, the debut didn't get over very well with the core fan base. You know, that's for sure. So uh, we see what happens moving forward. I suspect he'll just be a guy standing in the corner. I mean, that's just my gut. But uh, I guess we'll find out. And then, uh, you know, one one more, well, a couple more AEW things here, and then we'll get into some other topics. But uh, there, you know, the, the news of a big-time merger in media, Warner and uh, Discovery. Or a sec- so it's Discovery technically – absorbing warner is that right or is it just kind of like a, a straight yeah what because in all of these there's always one kind of power they they can say it's oh yeah, it's yeah. a merger a deal or whatever yeah. but like aol time Warner, everybody knew that aol you know whether they should have been or not but they were the ones kind of running it and and the ones kind of you know more you know in control of, of the situation as far as i've read it discovery is in this case right the more yeah the important thing is a new person is in charge the programming that's the important thing and that's led to a lot of people that's you know doing wild dumb speculation so, um and, oh, you know sorry, and it'll we're go. talking over each other. <laughs> it's text stuff is all right oh boy one of those it was left again i you know what i'm gonna do next time i'm gonna try to leave joe are you back i am back okay here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna try to leave yeah, that works. I'll be right back, sir. All right. Ugh, brutal, 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 brutal. Okay. <laughs> A moment, everybody. All right. Hello. <laughs> it's somehow just me. Joe's not here. What the hell is going on? Oh, God. Hey, there we go. You guys are hearing all the behind the scenes. Hey, what's going on, Joe? Yes. All right. All the behind the scenes. This is great. This is classic, classic flagship here. Classic flagship. (laughs) It's awful. Of course, of course, it's live. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But back in the day, you guys wouldn't hear any of this stuff. This this used to happen all the time, but you wouldn't know or, you know, it's the bot. Yeah. Walter Barker is correct. The bots have gotten us. You talk shit about the bots. And they listen, they're aware, and now they got it. So, 
maybe it is the bots. Maybe they, uh, maybe they're infiltrating us as well. But yeah. yeah, so this this merger, new person in charge of the programming. So of course, some people are tugging their collars and getting a little nervous. Uh, the the obvious difference between this and what happened with WCW is that uh, WCW was owned by the entity that killed it because it was losing a shit ton of money. So that's not the case here. This is uh, just a a a part, you know, a, a partnership. Tony Khan owns the company and it is delivering ratings for the uh, for these uh, for TBS and TNT and ratings that you know obviously. You know, you could just look at the ratings yourself and know that they have to be happy with them. I mean, you know, Dynamite's in the top five every week. Occasionally, it's number one. It usually only finishes behind, you know, NBA games like it did this week. And Rampage, airing out of primetime, is very often top ten, sometimes top five as well, and very often wins its 10 o'clock time slot. So, you know, obviously the uh, the numbers are there. And it doesn't really matter whether AEW is losing money or making money because the network doesn't own it. All they're concerned with what it's producing from a rating standpoint and what it's producing in advertiser revenue. Mm -hmm. So, and yes, wrestling is historically produces less advertising revenue for comparable shows that draw the same ratings for, you know, because everyone thinks that wrestling fans are dullards and don't have any money and are uneducated and all those things. And in a lot of cases, they're right. Um, so, you know, there's that to factor in, but the numbers are very strong and you would think they'd be okay with them. Um, but none of us know what's going to shake out here. You know, this new woman in charge, whose name is escaping me, she might just fucking hate pro wrestling like Jamie Kellner did. I, I don't know. But, you know, they do have a contract that runs another, what is it, a year and a half or two years or whatever it is. Yeah, I, have, I'll and, get the, I can get the exact detail, but yeah, they got a little while. It's not imminent you know <laughs> they're not putting thing, them off the air tomorrow you know yeah and if they don't and they're not going to cancel them and if they don't want them anymore at the end of the contract someone else will i mean with the numbers it's putting up so and there's no doubt that um that nbc and fox are at minimum going to use tony khan to leverage against wwe in the negotiations that's absolutely going to happen um you know they'd be stupid not to so whether they truly want just you, you know to to switch over to AEW or not, you know, that's just business. So from that standpoint, even if, you know, the new leadership at this discovery Turner thing doesn't want them anymore, I would, you know, with the numbers they're putting up, somebody will, this isn't a situation like impact where they keep falling further and further down the dial because they don't produce viewers. And every time there's a change at one of the networks they're airing on, they have to find a new home and they desperately take any deal that comes their way because because they're not producing numbers. This these shows produce numbers. Yeah, it's it, yeah. It, anybody that makes the comparison, and you saw a lot of that last week. Oh, here we go. This is you know. Let's 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 see what Eric Bischoff has to say about this. How this relates to the WWE merger? It doesn't. I mean, yes, it was a merger of media companies. That is the diff- That is how they are the same. And one of the companies involved in it is a wrestling company. But like you said, yeah, the whole giant difference of the two things was that WCW was wholly owned by Turner. AOL Time Warner gets in place. Looks at all the books, goes, what the fuck is this thing that's losing, you know, 50, 60 yeah. million dollars a year? And then Jamie Kellner goes, wait a minute. So this we're giving these 
assholes primetime television they're losing 60 million dollars a year yes fuck them get them out of here like what the hell are we doing get this shit out of my tv as quick as possible and he got it off his tv that is not the same case yeah. this lady can come in uh, kathleen finch i believe is her name that's yes. what sean, sean cedar yeah. i had to say thank you sean cedar uh can come in and say oh i don't like pro wrestling but you know yes she can say that but there might be other people at the table that go, well, yeah, Kathleen, I know. But if you look, I mean, here's the ad revenue. Here's the ratings. They consistently the put us put, put us at the top of the 18 to 49. Here's the growth year over year. Like, she might still ultimately say, no, I want pro wrestling off my tele. You know, she could say that if she wanted to. She's absolutely in her right to do that. But there's going to be, you would assume that there would be either some amount of pushback or some amount of, hey, before we do this, you know, let's look at the numbers. Let's run the, you know, whereas when Jamie Kellner decided, I don't want to give this shit my, any, any time on my networks anymore, there wasn't really the, you know, if it was 1997 and Jamie Kellner goes, what the hell is this shit? I don't want this shit on my network. They could say, hey, whoa, 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 buddy, this is making like a lot of money. It's getting good yeah. ratings. It's doing well. The fact that he made this call in 2001 when it's just bleeding money, hemorrhaging money at this point, it was a very easy thing for everybody at Turner to go, yeah, fuck, get this thing out of here. Yeah. Go away. Like, Bring me the doing? Friends reruns. Right. Exactly. How yeah. much do Friends reruns yeah. cost? Oh, 190th of what we're paying for WCW? Cool. Get this shit out of here. Start playing yeah. Friends again. You know, that, that, so. That anybody that makes the connection right away is an idiot, a dullard, a complete dullard, it, 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 trying to make that connection of figure. Other than it being some of the same companies, and, and but not even really. I mean, yeah, it's TNT. It, it turn it, the turnover of this stuff is insane. It, Warner Media, it, it no, it's not anybody that's still in char- that was in charge when WCW was around. And again, the big difference is like we just said, they're not the same companies. They're not in the same positions. There's really nothing the same. Ultimately, the result could end up being the same, but it's not going to be... They just won't give them TV time anymore. It's not like AEW will die, will cease to exist. It won't be... It'll be rough going. Like, they would need to find another network. They would need to find more TV. They would have to do all that sort of stuff. I don't think that... I don't think they'd have any problem finding another network. You're right. They might be not a great deal, and that's a possibility, and that would suck. But I think... You know, if it's even above what they're doing now, it's probably okay. I don't think they're on, like, a budget where they are bleeding money and, and need a TV deal. I'm sure they would love it. It would make life a lot easier if their TV deal, you know, doubled or tripled or quadrupled or whatever. That would obviously make, you know, life a lot easier. But it's not WCW where they will just cease to exist if this woman says, I don't want that on my network anymore. Well, they're, bank- well, they're banking on a raise. And with the numbers they're doing, they deserve one. Yeah. Um, you know, I see what you're saying, though, that if you don't get that raise, you know, that would suck, but it's not ultimately not going to kill the company. Right? Maybe Tony does say, "Off, oh, screw it, it's not worth it anymore," and and goes out. I don't think he would make that case. I, uh, no, 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 no. I no. don't think he, he would make that case. I think he would fight and fight and fight and try to get I a think deal. He would cut. I think he would cut budget before he would right. close up shop. I mean, you know, because he, he, you know, this is also this isn't just this is a passion project for him as well. That's the other thing. You know, it's not okay for Sinclair. It was strictly a line item. It was business ring of honor. And then when it became bad business to, to hold on the ring of honor, they shut it down for Tony Khan. It's business. And it's also a passion project. So if he has budgeted a raise coming in two years and then the raise doesn't come, I think he would then put Mookie to work and adjust that budget. He's not going to shut down. I mean, that's not right. Um, There'd be no reason to as they continue to, you know, grow ratings and, 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 and grow pay-per-view year over year and everything else and build up a tape library. And, you know, that's the other thing coming. I mean, you know, you buy ROH and get all their tapes. You continually, every week that you exist, continue to add, uh, 
what is it, three hours of, of, of TV and then another two hours, two plus hours of YouTube footage. So, you know, you're adding five hours a week of content to your own library because eventually they're, you know, going to do, they're going to sell their content to some service, whether it's the discovery conglomerate service that's coming down the pike, whether it's, you know, discovery and time Warner and HBO merging into some, I mean, we talked about this a year ago, how these streaming services are eventually, there's going to be four or five dominant ones and everyone else is either going to be folded into those or die. Right. And, yeah, and, and think of where the numbers are where they were five years ago when there was 1,400. I mean, every little company had their yeah. own little thing. Every little network had their own little thing. Everybody was doing their own little thing. And, yeah, it's now slowly, slowly getting, you know, now you got Paramount Plus, which entails all the CVS stuff and all the Comedy Central stuff and all the, you know, all, all that sort of. Yeah, it's it, it very Peacock, which is a conglomerate of all the NBC Universal properties. Like, little by little, they're all kind of coming together. And, yeah, absolutely. We said it a year ago, and it will it, this time next year. There will be four or five, and they're just going to be, you know, Paramount Plus, Peacock, uh, you know, you'll obviously have your Netflix and stuff like that, whatever this new Discovery thing is. But yeah, they're not going to run Discovery Plus, uh, HBO Max, and all these other things on their own little things. Eventually, they'll all get kind of looped in together and, 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 and smashed together to make, you know, one giant conglomerate. So, yeah. And Nick Khan saw that happening and he said, Why are we doing, why are we competing? Just sell it, take the bag, take the guaranteed money. And now Tony Khan is obviously building up a library. And at some point um, when he has X amount of hours that he can walk into a meeting and say, I have, you know, 10,000 hours or whatever it is of wrestling footage. And, you know, let's talk, you know, because these, these, you know, four or five giant streaming service conglomerates are constantly going to be on the lookout for content as they compete with each other. And right now they're overpaying. So it's kind of a race to get there. And well, um, and and one, you know, if you if you're in tune with sports media as well, we 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 see it going on right now with MLB. I mean, the season is going on, and they're they're still cutting deals for live games yeah. as the season is going on because every company now, like normal cable television, sees the value in having live streaming stuff on their platform. So Apple Plus now is showing games on whatever fucking day of MLB Friday nights. Uh, Friday nights, Peacock is now showing live. You know, baseball yep. games on was it Sunday mornings or Saturday mornings or whatever. I mean, every Sunday morning. Yeah, so they're they're cutting these deals as the season is going on. Like as the season is going on, we're learning that. Oh yeah, by the way, some games are going to be on Apple Plus now uh, because we just made this deal. So the idea of like you know, like you're saying, there is going to be a deal there for something somewhere. I have live. Pro- I have a live property that I can offer to you guys. I have a live business. I have all the infrastructure ready to go. I just need a place to air it, and you just need to give me money. That will be there. That there will no doubt be a place for live, quote unquote, sports content on one of these platforms. And all you need to do is is, is follow the current. Sport. I mean, people are they're chopping up and dicing up. You know, the MLB season. Like, it makes no fucking sense anymore. I have no idea how you could follow this if you're over the age of like seven. Like, how do I explain to my parents how to watch like? these games if they were trying to watch these games if, if the white Sox were on apple plus like the, 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 the idea of trying to explain to them how to get apple plus and what it's just not going to happen you know they're just going to say ah forget it whatever but there's going to be enough people that are going to say ah screw it. and we're going to see it with the nfl season this year as well this yep. is a really ambitious nfl season where they're going to try to start putting a lot of these things away from major networks and on these actual net platforms live streaming and that's going to be the only way to see them and that's going to be a big big moment as well yeah, so they, they- they sold a package to Amazon. Yeah. And Thursday night football, they sold it to Amazon. And it was a Thursday night. I think it's Thursday night. I believe that's the case. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, you know, unless you live in the home market of one of the teams, because the NFL has that thing where if you live in the home market, you get it on. But, but everyone else, you're going to have to find it. 
you know, and, and it's, it's like you said with baseball, I think they have games. They now have games on Apple. I'm trying to figure this out is insane. <laughs> Apple. Um, uh, what was the other one you said? Um, Peacock. Apple, Peacock, DirecTV, YouTube. That's four. And will be TV if you count that. Yeah, that's its own separate thing. That's five. So there's at least five different streaming outlets where if you want to be able to not miss a game, you have to be able to you know figure out a way to watch. That's crazy. But it's you know baseball has taken the route of let's not go exclusive, right? Let's spread it out and make deals with all of these entities at once. Whereas WWE took the route of let's just sell the whole fucking thing to Peacock and and just be done with it and take the guaranteed money. So there's different strategies too. So, um, but anyway, that's another revenue stream that obviously AEW is looking at uh, in in the near future. And right, and I also wasn't that, there for WCW at the time as well. So correct. And I would think that they would prefer to get everything under one umbrella. You know, have your TV and then sell your streaming service to. Uh, sell your streaming stuff to the same service that you're using, but you know it doesn't have to be because look at WWE; they have TV with TV deals with Fox and NBC, and then they they sold their streaming service to NBC. So, which you know, and then there was some issues with Fox. Remember where it was like, well, hold on now, why are you, you know, you're 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 advertising NBC uh, over our air? Remember they were getting annoyed yeah. with the, mm-hmm. all the Peacock ads on SmackDown. And then those sorts of things. And then WWE to, you know, had to move a couple of major stars to SmackDown to make Fox happy. And it's just, a, it, yeah, it all becomes a big mess. So you'd rather keep everything under the same umbrella if you can. And, you know, we'll see if the new people in charge, um, you know, who knows? This woman may be looking at all this and, you know, be a gigantic fan of it and you know think oh this is great for us we no one knows anything like this is all just blind I know, speculation. it's so weird you got people saying oh you know she uh she produced like this show so i don't think she's oh, gonna like like nothing. the pizza cutter and it's like you don't know anything you don't know anything these discovery channels Shut have up. like you said they have a show that's about pimple pop yeah tlc is the worst network you have ever seen it, it's Can just pimple popping it's yeah, high shows it's my nine thousand pound wife like it's awful yeah. it's the worst it's so horrible this isn't highbrow entertainment right you know? yeah she's so not sitting there going ah no only nature documentaries like you know what do you think discovery is these days it's not you know it's not just planet earth on 24 7 like yeah it's, yeah <laughs> get over it <laughs> yeah. No, really it is. It's 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 all trash reality TV stuff. Dr. Pimple Popper is a real show. Like it's a show about pimple popping. You know, and 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 it's like even if this person is opposed maybe to the blood. All right, well then you only do it on pay-per-view. That's not a big deal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if if they've got to cut back on the blood on TV or if they've got to cut back on on the swearing and they can't say shit on, on, on TBS anymore. Like that's not a big deal. Okay. You can, you can limit that stuff to pay-per-view just like Ricky Starks is only stroke daddy when they're on pay-per-view. It doesn't matter. Like who cares? You know, these are small potatoes in the grand scheme, but again, this is all just blind speculation that everybody, you know, it, it's just, uh, <laughs> I love doing it. Oh, well, uh, the, the pizza cutter, we're still on the fucking pizza cutter, Joe. We're still on the pizza thing. Yeah. The yeah. real Pizzagate is this Which, oh, by the way, thing. circling back to our conversation at the top, another example of WWE doing something incredibly petty. Oh. Feeding, hmm. 
feeding the Pizzagate story to like a content farm. Remember the shitty site that they fed it to? Also, it wasn't even like a major website. It was like Oh yeah, that's right. What was that site? Oh wow. It was some it was really writer who weird. just yeah. It was some writer who basically just takes money to to do propaganda stories. Because they couldn't get legitimate sources to take the story. So that's how far down the ladder they went. He was basically the cheese platter dork of his industry. Like, <laughs> right, right. So, so even you know, again, this is what they do. This is their playbook. It's 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 pretty crazy how a company of their size waste their time with this kind of thing. But anything to get a headline out there that an advertiser was mad at AEW, even if it meant stooping as so low as to use, you know, a writer who was. A, almost instantly exposed as someone who just had no credibility whatsoever. But, um, but yeah, so anyway, yeah, it's just blind speculation. That's really a waste of time until we truly understand the MO of the person in charge. And, um, you know, the ink's barely dry on any of this and, and, you know, we don't know anything. So I just want people to be clear on the differences between this and the WCW situation, which is, you know, that's one thing that you can talk about and be sure about, but beyond that, nobody knows how any of this is going to – all we know is they have a, another another two years or whatever on their current deal. Right, right. And then some you know, conversations to happen pretty soon. But, yeah, it, it, these, these things can both be, like, completely game-changing and everything changes and everything goes nuts and everything goes wild. And sometimes they just – it's business as usual. You know what I mean? They're just a conglomerate trying to move money to one end or the other, you know, consolidate resources, fire a bunch of people. It, it, who knows? Like, we have no – earthly idea what this is going to be and 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 in going up here we go <laughs> like let's strap in this is the end of AEW. like calm down. i mean reel it in a little the worst case doomsday thing that people i would be stunned if this person came in and canceled the shows with the numbers that they produce it just would stun me it'd, that, be, a ter- it'd be a terrible i mean it'd honestly be a bad move for her yeah i move. mean you know it's i that would that would stun me now would it surprise me if this person's like, we're just going to let these, we're going to honor this contract and then move on. No, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Because again, I don't know this person's philosophies. I don't know what they think of wrestling. I don't know what they think of the numbers the show is generating versus what they're generating in average. I don't know any of those things. Well, she, and, she was big in property brothers. So of course she's very upset by the blood. I'm, it's like, what are you guys doing? Like, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> like you also think that this like high level business executive has like a conscience and doesn't just care about money. <laughs> Like, what right. world do you live yeah. in? Like, ah, uh, no, I can't have this on my network. <laughs> like, oh, we're winning and then ratings? Cool. Great. Awesome. We're getting good ads? Great. Cool. Awesome. Like, But again, the blood doesn't even matter. Like, no. she might be like, I don't want blood. And then you just don't do blood. That's not, that's not a big deal. <laughs> you know, it's like, if you stop doing blood on TV, all that's going to do is give Vince McMahon one less thing to passive aggressively bang on you about on his investor calls. You know, it's it's not really – the blood and the profanity in the grand scheme is not a big deal at all, even if the person wants to put a stop to that. Uh, so, I don't know. It, it's just a wait-and-see thing. Well, uh, Tony obviously getting ahead of the game here, signing deals with uh, uh, some pretty fun stuff on the international front as well. So, AEW programming now appearing on New Japan World with Japanese commentary from Shingo Takagi, which people that have listened in have said is actually pretty incredible. Uh, the Shingo. Have you have you watched an AEW show with Shingo on commentary yet? You don't know what he's saying, so it doesn't really matter. But 
No, but I guess I should fire up the VPN and give it a try. I don't know. Yeah, I've, I've heard it. People say it's great. So I don't know if you, the translation yeah, sounds. But you don't know that anybody's saying. Yeah, so that's the other thing. You're, you're just hearing an excitable Shingo Takagi. You have no idea what he's saying, and then you can eventually read what people, re- you know, but that could be fucking with you. Who knows? Like, so um, I don't think they are, but he seems like a very excitable man that enjoys his wrestling. So that's kind of cool uh, for Japanese fans. And they, they have teased that live versions may be coming soon, but for now, only replays. Uh, and also, uh, AW content showing up on Wrestle Universe here uh, very quickly. So, obviously, in March, they reached a deal with DDT uh, to bring some wrestlers stateside. Takashita coming very soon, right? Have, do we have a date on, on that? Did I miss any news in the last week of when he's... Because he's imminent, right? He's done with DDT for the foreseeable he's doing future. A, he's doing a full-on one-year excursion. Okay. So, you know, they have a chance to... Um, you know, the last time he came, he was only in for like a week or something. So they didn't bother really doing any. I'm not even sure if he was on TV. I'm sure someone will correct me, but I know he did YouTube stuff. And um, but they didn't bother, you know, pushing him or giving him a major storyline or anything because he wasn't going to be around. But now that they have him for a year, I mean, that's a guy you can do something with. We talk about it all the time. It's actually an advantage knowing that finite amount of time, you know, because you can really plan an arc around him. Um. So, you know, we'll see. But having him for a year, I suspect that Khan will use him in a much more prominent way than he did when he had him for a week. But uh, also with that is uh, that AEW matches are going to be appearing on Wrestle Universe, as we said. So any uh, any AEW matches that have DDT wrestlers or uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro wrestlers uh, will eventually add uh, be added to the service Wrestle Universe. Uh, it also says the talents involved are going to do commentary over their matches, too. So I don't know what that uh, entails exactly, but uh, yeah, that's kind of cool that uh, now you got a little bit more, some more ways to watch uh, AEW across the, the the world as well. So on New Japan World and Russell Universe. Um, so yeah, being a, being a friend to all is, is it can, uh, can, can have many, many benefits. Many benefits. So. so Takashita last time, he beat Danny Limelight on Dark Elevation. He won a six-man with Omega and Nakazawa against Limelight and the Seidel brothers on the following week's Dark okay. Elevation. And then he worked that house show. And the one that they filmed, but they're saving for a rainy day. Remember they did that one house show? <laughs> a rainy day is going gonna to be a wild house show. It's like two years ago, right? Yeah, I think, I think he's saved. You remember Tony Khan was very excited about that. He told us he, that it was such a great show. It yeah, reminded yeah, yeah. him of ECW, and he's like, I cannot wait for the world to see this. And I think <laughs> it was like two years ago. Though. Well, I think he's saving it for – I think it's going to be one of the selling points of a, maybe a streaming service or something like that where it's like you know unseen footage. And, um, you know, and now they obviously have the rights to all to all in you know, with the ROH purchase. So um, – you know, uh, but yeah, those are the three um, matches that Takashita worked last time. So they didn't put him on TV. It's very similar to when they brought in uh, who's the gimmick Joshi wrestler that acts like a baby. What's her name? I can't stand her. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about? What's her name? That shitty gimmick. She sings and then she's she's <laughs> very Ito. Ito. It's similar I love to how they the way to... you describe. Like she's a baby. <laughs> Well, well, she, she does, does like she does. Yeah, she has hissy fits or whatever. I get, I get what you're saying. It's one like, of her one of her spots is she has like the crying fit in the ring and stomps her feet and everything. That's what I. Yeah, it's just awful. But um, similar how they used her. Like I think they did put her on TV, 
But it's like she got beat like a drum because if someone's only going to be in for a week or something, you, there's no reason to like put them over. Right, right, right. But if they're in for it's, you know good bookers, and, and again, like you said, we've talked about this many, many, many times because people always say, well, if they're only going to come for a year, you're only having for six months. Like, why would you even bother? It's like, no, that's the best. Like, that is the if you're a good booker. And great bookers yeah. in all that go through all the history, all the years and years and years of years of territory history and 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 others, you know, that is the best thing you could possibly do is say, okay, cool, we got you until March of 2023. All right, cool. Here's our plan, or here's what we're gonna go with, or here's you know what I have in mind, or whatever. It's the best thing to do. You can get the entire arc, you can tell the entire story of that wrestler. No matter what story you want to tell, you can tell that entire story arc and not be pressured into thinking, oh, well, how are we gonna extend it, or what are we gonna do when it's over? It's over, and you know, on March, you know, in March of 2023, he's got to go back. All right, cool. In February, we're gonna wrap the story up. March, we'll kind of do a few more things. And we're good. But you can tell that exact story. You can write it all down. You can all get it. And, and, and barring like you know catastrophe and injury or him not getting over or whatever, you can pretty much tell the exact story that you want to because you know when the beginning is and you know when the end is. And good bookers thrived in that environment. But now we get people all the time. They're like, oh, well, there's no point if they're only there for a year because they're they're used to your Dolph Zigglers who hang around for 16 years or whatever. It wasn't the case. Territory guys were there. Hey, I'm here for a year. I'm here for six months. I'm here for a couple months. Whatever. In and out, in and out, in and out. And that that But great stories were told in that era because it was very easy to say, okay, Here's the beginning. Here's the middle. Here's the end. Okay, thank you. We'll see you again. You know, a couple years maybe. Well, look, the obvious one that everyone always points to is the Great Muda. You know, he was there for nine months. They pushed him to the fucking moon, and he got over like crazy. And then he put everybody over before he left. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like because they know, said, okay, been... we did our story with you. You got your push. You got your big matches. All right, you're leaving. Cool. Put a few guys over, and then you're good. And then he left. Now we're gonna beat like it. a drum, and those wins are gonna come off impressive because you beat every. You know what I mean? He feuded with Sting. You know, they did everything they could to, you know, and, and people still talk about that. It was 1989 right. and people still yeah. talk about that. And he was only there nine months. You would have thought he was there for five years, you know? So it's, uh, someone let you want a fantasy book for a second. Oh, like, I'd love nothing. I love more than fantasy booking. Yes. Let's go. God, I, God, I hate it. But, uh, someone on my Q and a, I did a Q and a over the weekend, $5 tier. I answered two hours worth of questions. Uh, lost my voice by the end, too. Um, someone on the Q&A pitched putting Takashita with Don Callis. And at first, I scoffed. Hmm. Okay. But then I was like, that's a good idea. Because you can that's have him Definitely win. some Gary Hart vibes there, which I like. No, but like you can do... Okay, I want to know what you're thinking. Here's what I'm thinking with that. I'm thinking you can bring him in with Don Callis because of the Kenny Omega connection where Kenny says, no, no, this is my guy. This is the guy you want to be with. Right? Like, Kenny's like... Trying to because inf- he's trying to influence Takashita. He was aligned with him last time he was in, right? But Takashita is still a babyface, and he's like, you know, unsure, you know, and he like, knows these guys are no good. And then eventually, he's like, no, this is all wrong. I don't like you guys. And then he could feud with Kenny Omega, right? Okay. After yeah, he, yeah, yeah. after he leaves, you know, after he you know leaves the tutelage of uh, you know Don Callis or whatever. But it sounds like you had a different idea. Well, no, I'm just thinking if you wanted to actually put, you know, if you wanted to make, make Takashita, 
just be a heel. You know what I mean? Just have yeah. him be like a hated heel. Uh, there's no better guy than Don Callis to just fire him up, do all the talking for him, get people excited about it. You know, this is another international superstar. I find, you know, he can be the agent of international superstars. I have Kenny Omega, one of the biggest stars out of Canada. Now I have Takashita, one of the biggest stars in Japan or whatever. And they're under my tutelage. And I take you to the top. You know, that sort of just classic, you know, sleazy manager slash agent thing. That that works perfectly, too, if you decide. Your your theory is, you know, your, your, your fantasy booking is Takashita becoming a babyface, which works but if they say hey let's just have you be a heel you got that as well i mean that that you know just have him be the master heater and then eventually if you want to you can just break that up too and just have it be where eventually takashita goes wait a minute no this fucking sucks and then still confused with kenny omega after a while yeah. so yeah there, there's there's definitely a lot of ways you can go with that that's that's a good yeah whoever whoever came up with that idea that's a smart one i like that well because isn't the point of an excursion to learn and do things you don't do so when yeah, of course wouldn't working as an american style babyface be something that he isn't familiar with and might be good for his you know, development as a wrestler, because it feels like he's been pushed in DDT for a decade, but he's probably, how old is he? He's probably still like 25 Oh, I think or he's, no, oh, yeah, he is, man. 26. What? 26, wow, yeah, I feel like I've been watching that guy for 10 years, because I have, because <laughs> they've been pushing him for a while, but yeah, wow, that's, I would have thought like 27, 28, I can't believe he's still 26, damn. Because the last time he was in, if I recall, they were kind of doing what I laid out, like Omega was, like he kind of was just shrugging his shoulders and going along with Kenny because, like, he the idea was he knew Kenny, but that, like, you know, he he knew, like, he was still a baby face. It, it's kind of that weird thing where. Right. He's got this loose connection to Kenny, so they kind of felt obligated yeah. to team with him, but he also kind of was like, yeah, I don't know if I really like this guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then they, on, on the house show, they put over. The side L's and Death Triangle was a 10 man tag with the Young Bucks, Nakazawa, Takashita, and Omega. So, um, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I, th- I think he's moving here. He's going to live here for a year. Yeah, that's so, cool. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited to see him. He's a great talent. So, um, yeah, I, I have a lot of faith in AEW. Hopefully, using him properly, but we'll, I guess we'll see how that goes. But, uh, I, I am at least uh, pretty hopeful for that. I mean, I think, I think he's such a good talent. Uh, kind of a cream rise to the top type of guy. So um, I think that will work out. So there you go. That is AEW. Uh, we've touched on AEW. So we talked a little bit about uh, the, the paywall. Should we do the Moxley thing? Uh, I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Let, let's let's get to that. Because the other ones are mostly New Japan related. So let's get to the Moxley thing. Yes. Is that the last AEW thing we got? Uh, I think on uh, my list, Moxley yes. Contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So his contract's come and due. And look, you know, I know everyone's saying, well, no one thought Cody would leave. But I mean... Moxley might surprise me even more than Cody if he ended up back. The way he talks about that company in the book. Yeah, read his book. Way, <laughs> read his book. I mean, and, and and you know, Cody, the thing that people forget about Cody, and we talked about this, it's not as if Cody and even the rest of the elite didn't nearly end up with WWE to begin with. Like, you know, they they – you know, when the McMahons and Triple H came out on that December Raw saying we're going to give you fans what you want, it's because they thought they signed the Elite. You know, so it's – or thought they were going to sign the Elite. They thought it was so close that they were going to deliver that. So it's not as if Cody and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega uh, were just diametrically opposed of ever going – and Cody in specific was just completely opposed to ever going back. I mean he almost did. So I think that's the key difference between Cody and Moxley. The way that Mox has talked, both in all of his media interviews uh, over the last three years, I can't believe his contract's up already. That's just so – it feels like it was 10 minutes ago that he showed up 
you know, walking through the crowd at, what was that, Double or Nothing Double or something? Double or Nothing, yeah, the original Double or Nothing. Um, and the way he talks in this book, look, it's pro wrestling, and you can never, ever, ever be completely, you know, shocked or stunned. But this one would stun me, and it would surprise me way more than Cody. And it would even surprise me more than more than Punk. I could see Punk going back before Moxley. Do you think that's a hot uh, take? No, no, no. Or- yeah, no, I don't think that's that hot. I, I think there, there's... There's you can read in the in the way that people talk about certain things, and Moxley the way that he talks about that company, it just seems like that was the antithesis of everything that he loves about life and wrestling and all that. But again, like you can't rule it out, of course. But it just definitely feels like that. Whereas it it feels like some of these other guys are wrestlers through and through, and no matter what, like if the deal is right and if the situation's right, they could buy themselves into it. And 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 make no question, like these guys have all talked about. Here's the biggest part, and I'll say this. Listen to the Moxley interviews. Read the Moxley book. I don't think that's a guy that really respects Vince McMahon very much, right? Would you agree? Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. CM Punk has always said that he respects Vince McMahon. Even when he le- even the Cole Cabana interview, he didn't say too many bad words about Vince McMahon. His yeah. bad words were about Triple H. His bad words were about some of the other people in the company that he just didn't see eye to eye with. Um, but more the grind and more that sort of stuff or whatever. And Cody as well. Like, I don't know that Cody ever explicitly said, you know, whereas Moxie, you 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 hear how Moxie talks. I think Moxie doesn't really respect Vince McMahon's vision of pro wrestling at all. And no. that he's the, he is the, fa- Cody has said, Cody is bl- 100%, 1,000, you know, at, saying that Vince McMahon coming to his house and them having a conversation about his daughter is what eventually got him to come back. He said that. Now that's yeah. obviously we know that that's not all. You know, he uh, loaded with some bullets. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, a, a giant, you know, a a complete a, a, a Brinks truck full of cash. Of course, probably played a factor in that as well. A, a, a but Brinks truck full of cash and the fact that your negotiations with your first choice ended. <laughs> right. right. So those so, two factors yeah. played a part, but also the right. lure of Vince McMahon and and everybody has said that you can Vince McMahon can take you to court. You can go to court with this guy. He can end your life. Do all this sort of stuff but if he comes in and he goes hey how you going pal he's got this like thing that just yeah. attracts people that makes people but you read moxley moxley's like ah, yeah i tried to do a meeting with him and he didn't want to do it ah fuck that guy whatever who cares you know what i mean like i just don't think he cares about that stuff nearly as much you know yeah who knows at the end of the day he might still do it he might i mean he would be smart to at least negotiate and sit down with them if he could but yeah i i think that no i i would be pretty surprised because that allure that draw of vince mcmahon doesn't feel at least from what i've seen with 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 moxley doesn't feel like something that that does too much for him whereas all those other guys there's always that hey you know i didn't like it there but i respect the lot of vince mcmahon and he's you know the genius and all this sort of stuff you don't get that from moxley he doesn't really say that ever the other piece is it won't be driven i i don't think by money because he says the last offer they gave him, he didn't even open the envelope. Yeah, yeah, so envelope's still sitting there, right? He never looked at the the envelope, and and he never opened it and looked at the offer. Now, you know, I, again, you can never be. It's right. They're wrestlers, shocked. professional liars. They're professional yes. liars. Keep that. In mind. But he strikes me as, but Moxley in particular strikes me as a guy who's just a, a little more grounded in. I don't know. He doesn't strike me as a guy who, you know, Cody is a work. Cody's a classic worker. He's Dusty's son. (laughs) You know, he's a classic worker. And, you know, and and look, I I said I'd be more surprised by 
Moxley going back than, than, than Punk. That doesn't mean I think that Punk would go back. I don't think he would. But he did fly pretty close to the sun with the Fox thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and, um, it, you know, so I'm just saying it would surprise me a little more if Moxley did. But, uh, and, and, you know, look, we don't know. We don't know if people are, are happy or not. Did, did any of us know how unhappy he was before he left WWE? I don't think anyone knew the extent of how unhappy he was. And then he leaves and tells his story. And it's like, holy shit, this man hated his life. You know? So who knows what he's thinking now? You know, we don't know what's going through his head. Maybe he doesn't like wrestling three matches a month or whatever it is. Maybe <laughs> right, right, right. We, you know, I don't know. You know, I, you would think that, you know, he's happier, you know, and they took care of him when he had to take care of his uh, rehab and all that. And, um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's getting, look, if someone's contract is coming up and they haven't re-signed, it, it should get some level of attention. Didn't we all just learn that? Right. But at that, with that said, I do think it's getting a little too much attack because I really can't see this one. So um, I figured we would just address it. Yeah. Yeah. Since- we'll get to that one. Yeah. There's the other one. We have some more contract stuff that we'll talk about. Mostly with New Japan. Those ones are more yeah. official words, the things that we officially know. This was kind of wild speculation uh, on all parts. But it, it's an interesting question to, to, to bring up. And uh, it's something that, yeah, I mean, there's now two competing. And uh, again, there's a lot of people listening to the show. There's a lot of wrestling fans that we deal with on a daily basis that were never alive for this. And like, I was alive, but not, you know, I wasn't as in yeah. tune with this, yeah. but I kind of was. I, it, I'm me. Like, what do you think I was at 12? <laughs> I'm me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I pretty much do the exact same thing I did when I was 12. I just have to be married now than, than you know, then when I, you know. Wasn't a hit with the ladies when I was 12, but like I still like talk about wrestling, you know, argue about wrestling with people, consume wrestling news, play video games. Like it's all the same shit. It's just the exact same stuff that I do. And even then, I knew at the time, like anytime a contract was coming due and anytime people were jumping left and right between WCW and WWE, you know, and this was even going into the 2000s in 1999 or whatever because it was still advantageous. ECW was still in play. People leaving ECW, coming and going, yada, yada, all that sort of stuff. Like that all, you know, that is all a factor. There are people that have never lived that. So it's just a huge referendum every single time contract season comes up. It's like, oh my god, like you know, you know, and they're, they're making this Cody thing out to be like, oh, here you go, like this is the floodgates opening or whatever, and like it's gonna happen a bunch of times. Cody is not gonna be the last guy that's gonna leave AEW and go to WWE. There's probably several more people in WWE that are gonna go into AEW at some point. This stuff just happens, and you have to just kind of be okay with it. But yeah, it's like this fucking the right, you know, the, the, you get this like death march every time this happens of oh my god oh what does this mean what is this like at the end of the day a lot of times it just means like these people have the options and they took one of the options that they wanted over the other option it's like whatever it's not that Listen, it's there was always going to be a wave of disgruntled wwe wrestlers who were going to end up in AEW, and we saw that wave there's going to be a wave of AEW wrestlers who end up in wwe because it's still their dream to wrestle in WWE and wrestle at WrestleMania and all of those things. That's going to happen. And it's probably a lot of people that you're not even thinking about. It's probably, it's probably a lot of people who go on AEW TV and cut smarmy anti WWE promos. Cause that's what gets over with the fans. It's, it's going to, you're going to have a wave of that. And, um, you know, and, and yeah, Cody was, it's just, I think, what it was was Cody was not only the first to go in the opposite direction, 
but was such a huge name to be the first. You know, he's the one that kind of broke the seal. Uh, because none of these contracts were up because the company was so new that none of these contracts were coming up yet. And now we're having some contracts come due. And then we're going to, you know, from this point forward, it's going to be a constant cycle of contracts coming due. And yeah, there's definitely people in that locker room who, who are, are, are going to jump and, 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 you know, and, and for a lot of these people, it's just going to come down the money. Well, that's what I said, like, there might be some people that don't even want to jump that might not be unhappy, but they come to the table and they, you know, a contract gets slid to them and they go, holy shit. Okay. Well, fuck, I guess my decision's made. Like, is yeah. this going to be the best? I, who cares? Like, look at that money. I got to do that for my family, for myself, for the, my career, my yada, yada, yada. I got to do it. So yeah, it might just come down to, you know, the zeros on the check and say, all right, well, fuck it. Yeah. That's enough. And the 20 year olds and the generation coming after the 20 year olds, you know, they may not be so in love with the idea of eventually working a WrestleMania and, and, and wrestling for WWE, but all of those, everyone in that locker room, that's 25 or older grew up with one game in town and they probably still hit the pillow at night thinking about WrestleMania. And um, I think fans need to be prepared for that. You know, it's like, you know, uh, I don't want to throw specific names out just because I don't want people to, to to put me on Reddit saying that, you know, but who knows if, and I'm just picking a random wrestler. I don't know anything about this. <laughs> yeah, okay. Warning, warning, warning. <laughs> but who knows if Powerhouse Hobbs doesn't sit around dreaming about, you know, wrestling at WrestleMania one day and, and doesn't see this as a stepping stone. Again and again, I know nothing. I've never spoken. To warning, warning, life. warning. <laughs> but you know, there's definitely people in that locker room who probably fit that description. Yeah, of course, you know, and 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 they see AEW as just another step in their eventual move. And there's you know others that that probably love it there. And you know, so we'll see more after Cody, no doubt about it. But um, I, I would be very, 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 very shocked if Moxley went back after. Uh, the things he had to say. Yeah. At the end of the but day, he has no contract. So right, right, right. And, and just at the end of the day, like just don't forget that, you know, it's a business and yeah. it's not everybody joining. Every company isn't a, Oh, I fucking hate that company. Like, we, you know, yeah, and this might be people that have never done this in a job too. I've left jobs that I liked. Cause it's like, well, I mean, shit, I like this job, but you know, they're giving yeah. me this, and like I have to take this. I don't want. I like this job. I don't want to leave this job, but I can't not. I can't let this deal, you know, stay on the. T- I like for my own career and or whatever. I got to take this. Like that happens. That's okay. It doesn't mean that when you leave that job, you fucking hated it and you hated the bosses and you hated everybody you worked with and oh, it's terrible or whatever. There's there are jobs that I've left that, that are definitely that case or whatever. But like not every single time you leave a job or go to another place, it's that. It's not always a referendum on on, on your this big picture thoughts about what you think of the company or whatever. But people can't handle that. It, it's people immediately go there because it's just I, I I don't know. It's just. They, they haven't lived it. They haven't lived through this. I think the one big advantage WWE has is that they're WWE and they have WrestleMania and everyone grew up watching it and getting into wrestling because, you know, uh, because of WWE and, and the allure of WrestleMania, you know, we're just coming up to generations now who might not feel that way because they grew up AEW fans, right? There's a kid, there's a, 15-year-old kid now who's an AEW fan who doesn't like WWE, and he's going to get into wrestling in three years, and that AEW is going to be his dream, right? So that's the advantage they have. The advantage Tony Khan has is all things being equal, if he signs you to a three-year contract, you're getting paid for three years. 
You might sit home the last six months, like Joey Janela and Marco Stunt, if he's got nothing for you. But he, you know, that's he's making a three-year commitment and he's going to pay you for three years. WWE, it everyone's on a 90-day rolling contract. You know, they can cut you at any time, and they've they've shown that they could do that and that they're ruthless and that their bottom line is the investor. And I think Tony Khan was very wise to have this policy where he doesn't release wrestlers because that could be a huge advantage at the table where if all things are equal, he can say to the talent, hey, look, they're offering you the same money we are. I understand that. But you know with me, you're getting paid all three years or all four years or all two years. With them, you never know. And if you go there and get cut, I might not have a spot for you. I'm not threatening you, but I don't. things will, might change. Yeah. So I think that's the huge advantage Tony Khan has. And I think obviously the legacy and the allure of WrestleMania and all of those things is the huge advantage that Vince McMahon has. So there you go. That is AEW contract. That's John Moxley stuff. Again, more contract info coming up here, more contract speculation coming up here uh, in a bit when we talk about New Japan. But uh, you've mentioned a little bit about the paywall. Uh, I've mentioned a little bit about flagshippatreon.com. Uh, this is the time where we'll give a little bit of uh, insight of what's going on there, uh, what's been, uh, uh, you know, what we've been posting. Uh, obviously, last weekend, Joe, the WrestleMania weekend coverage, which was awesome. There was every single day. What was it, all four days? Five days? What was it, four or five? How many days of WrestleMania weekend coverage did you have? Oh, the audio? Yeah. Thursday through Sunday, four straight nights. Jeez. I reviewed 18 shows, went over all the news each day. So it was about 90, it was about 90 minutes of audio. So there's about, uh, there's a little over six hours Jeez. of WrestleMania weekend audio behind the paywall. Yeah. yeah. $5. Good, good stuff, obviously, covering a, an ungodly amount of shows. What was it? 18 was the final count, I think, on the shows that you watched. So uh, that is all up there as well. So if you're still trying to catch up on WrestleMania weekend, if you're still trying to say, hey, you know what, there's maybe some shows that I wanted to check out, there's some matches I want to check out, uh, that is a great resource. Uh, to do that, you mentioned a Q and A that you just did a couple days ago as well. Uh, those happen pretty frequently. Joe does them. I do them. Uh, sometimes they're written Q and A's. Sometimes they're audio Q and A's. Uh, it's one of my favorite things to do. I, I, I always love doing them. So uh, hopefully doing those a little bit more regularly. But we we do them. I don't know once or twice a month at least. Uh, you or I will 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 just ask for questions and then we'll spend a couple hours answering them. So uh, you got that. You got match of the week. Uh, which this week was a pretty awesome one here as a uh, the kind of the the forefather of of Dragon Gate and and Toriumon here uh, a November nineteen ninety seven match in Arena Mexico uh, that you picked for for the match of the week this week uh, but that was really good and yeah, if you don't know what match of the week is Joe does a quick little write up about the match uh, the significance of the match why it's being chosen you know what what you know different parts of it and then basically gives you a link and. People discuss it. People talk about it. People watch it. Uh, it's a great resource if you're just trying to you know, learn about new wrestling that you've never seen before. Uh, discussions about wrestling, a little bit about wrestling history. You, every single one of them is a history lesson. They're not, you know, again, they're not super, super long, detailed pieces, but they give you enough detail to let you know, hey, this is kind of what the, you know, we're setting the stage of what this match is, why this match is significant, you know, the reason for picking this match, and then it's kind of up to you to watch it and, and, and discuss from there. But yeah, there's some really, really good discussions that happen uh, every single week around Match of the Week. So I think that's one of the great additions we've had. Uh, over the last couple months uh, on, on FlagshipPatreon.com. So uh, the match itself, it's not a mystery of what the match is. It's in the title right there, but uh, the fun is your write-up as well as the discussion that happened uh, for each of the matches. So that stuff's uh, great. I just posted a couple day, or this morning, actually, a, uh, a big, big article 
about Alaskan pro wrestling. Because, Joe, I couldn't go to Alaska and not go to a wrestling show. We talked about it in the, when I said I was leaving. I said, nah, I can't really go. The tickets are too expensive. My flight leaves a couple hours later. You know me. I, I, had the, I had everything packed up. I had the car all packed up. I'm looking at it and going, I can get to that show. I'll pay, I'll pay full price. Whatever. I'm only going to be there for an hour or two. Who cares? When else am I going to see fucking pro wrestling in Alaska? It, it's here. I'm three. I'm almost 4,000 miles away from my house, and there's wrestling happening five minutes from me, and I'm not going to go. No, I went. Of course I did. So I talked a little bit about that. Uh, my experience watching wrestling in Alaska, which was really, really cool, completely different from what I got uh, in Chicago. And then it kind of led me to think, man, I wonder how many, you know, what the history of wrestling in Alaska is. And it's not very much. There's not a lot of history uh, of wrestling in Alaska. WWE very rarely went there. AW, or uh, AWA, sorry, uh, went there uh, a couple times, kind of failed. They never came back. WWE runs it very infrequently. Pretty much nobody was running it frequently until WrestlePro started running running it uh the new jersey-based wrestle pro we've talked about them several times over the history of the flagship uh but then i was able to touch base with the wrestle pro alaska promoter uh kevin matthews as well and kind of asked him some questions about you know what it's like to book in alaska what it's like to run shows in alaska how we had the crazy idea to even do this in alaska like all this sort of stuff and it, it was a really good interview as well i had a lot of really good discussions with him about this a lot of detail from him uh about you know the risk of you know running shows in Alaska, running a promotion in Alaska when pretty much nobody else has done it. Uh, and that show that I went to was their third anniversary. They've run multiple, multiple shows, I think 15 uh, to this point. They've run for three years. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a huge task every single time. They had to book all these people, fly them to Alaska, get them there, run the show. But you know, I was there. It was a, a very nice venue. It was a convention center. They had a lot of people there. The merch tables were full. And uh, yeah, they don't seem that they're stopping anytime soon. So it's kind of cool to see uh, wrestling in a market that really has never had any consistent wrestling now, you know, thriving uh, with Russell Pro Alaska doing that. So, uh, and, and one of the cool parts about this as well, and I, I, I saw it when I was at the show, they had a trainee battle royal, uh, a development school battle royal, and a bunch of the undercard was filled with these guys from this 907 Wrestling Academy. And Kevin talks about that in the interview is that when he started running WrestlePro a couple years ago, there was legitimately seven people that he considered wrestling talent, like guys that he could actually book. There was more people, but he said, like, he looked at him and was like, no, dude, I'm not putting you on my show. Like, you are yeah. not yeah. worthy of being on a wrestling show. Like, So in his mind, there was seven, he wrote, quote, talents that he could book. <laughs> so yeah. even those were probably not great. But he says, as of this time right now, uh, that 907 Academy has reopened because they know that, hey, we can actually run the shows and we can run shows. Russell Pro is going to come here and give us some decent paydays as well. Uh, and as of now, three years after that, where he had seven quote-unquote talents, he now has 30 trained wrestlers, Alaskan-born wrestlers that are training at that academy. And I saw a few of them, and, and you know, they're, they're a little green. They're a little rough, but there was a few guys that I was like, yeah, these guys these guys are solid. These guys are okay. So uh, there. Yeah, there's something. There's definitely a scene kind of picking up and growing a little bit too. But uh, yeah, I talk a little bit about my live event experience there, which was really cool because it was families. Like it was an old to old school territory crowd there. There was one group that was sitting next to me was a baby in a stroller, mom, dad, grandma and great grandma all there cheering every cheering like crazy it just it was, I was awesome waiting for you to say grandma that's like the old southern territory yeah the well then great grandma i saw i saw this one and then all of yeah. a sudden i'm like wow whole generation and then all of a sudden great grandma shows up i'm like wait who the hell is that like and she yeah. was even she was going nuts she was waving at all the wrestlers getting pictures it was crazy. it was awesome so uh yeah and they this crowd was really cool to be in as well because it was like every heel face thing like perfect you know what i mean like 
Killer Cross, you know, gets quote unquote hurt, and Don Moff like attacks him, and this, this crowd's ready to jump over the rails and stab Dan Moff. You know what I mean? They're like, yeah. <laughs> and he's playing it up, like, "Oh, come get me, come get me!" And I'm like, "Oh my god, it's classic pro wrestling or whatever." Uh, Casey Navarro did some flips, and you would have thought this was Rey Mysterio in 1996, with you know, yeah. he did like a tope and then a suicide dive, and the crowd's just like, "Oh my god!" You know, they're just losing, losing their, their mind. Minds. They just never saw that before. You know what I mean? Like they've never seen high level wrestling in front of them like this so it was really cool to watch that and be in that environment but uh yeah a, a really detailed piece about alaskan wrestling history uh the history of wba awa running there other places running there uh and then a little bit about wrestle pro alaska so that is all up there on the that is on the ten dollar tier all the written content uh, on the ten dollar tier but uh thursday tier reviews as you mentioned is also up there uh, as well at flagship patreon all these live shows you can hear all the tech issues live as they happen so that's a great benefit uh, as well and uh, the final yes movement will be up uh, in the next few days as well so dana bryan has finally won the wwe championships we'll talk about uh, the miracle on bourbon street him finally getting to that point and then wrap up that series uh, and maybe begin my next series as well i have another one kind of in the works uh, that uh, that i'm working on uh, as well so we got that plenty of other stuff there uh, at uh, flagship patreon.com voice the slash patreon or at patreon.com slash voices of wrestling. Anything else, Joe, you want to do a plug for the Patreon? I think you covered everything. I think I got everything for the last few weeks. I think so. you got it all. What's going on, guys? This is Rich from the Flagship Podcast here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. And I just want to let you know about a brand new sponsor we have for the network. It's Eufy. And let me tell you a little bit about their newest product, the Eufy Video Smart E. 330. This isn't your everyday smart lock. This is a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell offering triple the security and triple the convenience. Instead of loading up your door with a bunch of different devices, you install one and it takes care of everything in a complete package. It's not just about the home security though. The Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 is also for convenience. No more worrying about losing keys. You can let each member of your family get a password. You can monitor their movement in and out of the house. You can keep an eye on your packages. You can check in on your house while you're away. There is so much you can do with this product. Best of all, it is easy to install and set up. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver. Leave that drill in the toolbox. The UFI has keyless entry, a 0.3 second fingerprint recognition, a rechargeable battery with a four month lifespan, two way audio from the lock, enhanced night vision, 24 7 customer support, and you'll love this none of those pesky monthly fees. Eufy sent me a Smart Lock 330, and I've loved it so far. It allows me peace of mind when I'm at work or when I'm away on one of my patented vacations. Plus, it helps me keep track of deliveries to the house, saves me a trip back to the car if I just need to run in for something and I forgot my keys, and the two-way audio system works well for those unwanted guests at my front door. No, I do not need new siding or windows or a roof. Thank you, though. You can simply tell them you aren't interested from the comfort of your couch. Now, are you ready to ditch the others and join the Eufy revolution? Of course you are. Get started today by searching Eufy Video Lock on your search engine of choice. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can finally, once and for all, gain complete control of your door. Once again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock ufiofficial.com slash video lock and we thank them for sponsoring the voice wrestling podcast network all right let's uh let's get to uh, you want to talk new japan here 
New Japan Pro Wrestling. So let's talk contract news. Yeah. We were talking contract news with Moxley uh, and AEW. Uh, some big stuff coming up from New Japan as well. The first one here is Chris Dickinson. Uh, he tweeted this out. Quote, I am beyond proud to announce I have officially signed an agreement with New Japan Pro Wrestling. I've heard you all for years say I should sign with other companies. And I appreciate every one of your hopes for my success. But this is what I've always wanted with the company's expansion in the USA on the rise and Japan finally reopening. The future is brighter than ever. I am still available to work independently in the U.S., and internationally excluding Japan, but New Japan is now my home. Let's continue to bring the highest level of pro wrestling to the world together. Pro wrestling is alive, Chris Dickinson. So uh, signs with uh, New Japan, but as he said, he is still available to work uh, independently in the U.S., and he can work other places internationally uh, except for Japan, obviously, because New Japan. So, um, yeah, I don't know. What do, what do you make of that, of Dickinson saying he's signing there? Now, well, it's it's like I've been saying during the entire pandemic, this was going to happen. They're probably going to sign some other people that they've been using on the New Japan Strong shows. And I really think, you know, when the borders do open up and there's, you know, it, it seems that that's coming around the corner and, you know, full crowds open back up, which also could be happening soon, that uh, New Japan is going to have a loaded, loaded roster. Um, you know, the Strong shows were not only um, – you know, a great showcase for American fans, but there, it was, it was, it was a great place essentially to hold tryouts for people that they could use back in Japan. And and Dickinson is the first one. And, and I don't think will be the last in terms of talent that they were using on strong that is eventually is going to end up in Japan. I mean, he's going to fit in like a glove. He's going to do great there. Um, you know, he's a guy that, uh, you know, he, he, he likes the style. He's a, he's a tape nerd. He's a student of history. Um, you know, this is, you can see how excited he is in that statement to be there. So he's going to do great. And, you know, we'll see who else they pick up along the way. I, I don't think he'll be the last, you know, they have a chance to really fortify their roster with a lot of these people they've been using on strong. So I, I saw this coming a while ago. I, I figured this would be the case. And, uh, and here we go. Yeah, and like you said, the borders opening up is going to be really, really cool to see now. Um, who you know, it, it's going to give New Japan a full, uh, you know, roster of people that they can use. And yeah, this is I think the first of what probably will be a few more, um, you know, guys signing guys that are going to be able to come back and forth. The guys that they've been, like you said, testing out on New Japan Strong. Guys that get over on New Japan Strong. Guys that that, that you know they feel okay. This guy can work our style. This guy can do it. Those guys are going to start coming over. And once that happens, yeah, and, and you've been saying this for two years now. To your credit is that the second these borders open up and the second New Japan can start booking these guys, this roster overnight is going to be a lot better. Like, the G1 overnight is going to be a lot better. And some of these kind of fringe guys, these guys on the lower of the totem pole, like, those guys are going to get replaced pretty soon or at least get, you know, you know, bumped out of these tournaments by your Chris Dickinsons, by your Tom Lawlers, by your, you know, whoever, your Freddie yeah has, whoever, you know, mention whatever names you want. Like, I'm not positive of any other ones that, that have officially signed or whatever, but, like, the, 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 high wa- the water's going to rise. There's going to be a lot more better talent in Japan now because they're going to be able to use people from all over the place and be confident that those people without having those people have to sit, you know, in a hotel room for two weeks or whatever, be able to come back and forth and, uh, you know, work tours and work stuff like that. So that, that's going to open up things just tremendously uh, for, for new Japan. So yeah, this is the first of what hopefully is a few more uh, and obviously a great signing. Chris Dickinson, perfect, perfect guy for, uh, uh, for new Japan strong and for new Japan in Japan uh, proper as well. So yeah, really good stuff there. Francesco Akira just debuted. Um, so they got right, him. Right. In. Right. Yeah. You know, you're you're gonna see the full United Empire at some point. You know, you're gonna see uh, um, Aussie Open and TJP 
uh, come in and, 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 and work with United Empire when things open up. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not going to stop with Dickinson. So they've been kind of gearing up for this and preparing for this. You know, they look, New Japan is no secret. They were hurt probably more than any other promotion other than the ones that closed and maybe CMLL. Uh, when it when it came to the pandemic, but I mean, when you really step back and take a look, I mean, you know, that roster is going to be loaded. It really is. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to be back to your classic G ones that are stacked and your super juniors that are stacked, and um, and then from there, it's just getting crowds in there that are allowed to cheer and and are allowed to fill the building. Now, the question is, when they're allowed to sell full tickets and all that, and we're back to normal we're going to truly see how much they've cooled off. Okay. There's this idea that new Japan has cooled off significantly. Uh, certainly interest in the United States, I think has cooled to some degree. There's no question about it. Could they put 6,000 people in the Cal palace? Not, not a chance. They can't do that right now. Um, uh, could they sell out MSG? No, not a chance, but, um, you know, can they fill a 2000 seat, 1500 seat venue? They could do that still. But in Japan, there's this kind of this idea that they've cooled off, and they may have. We're going to find out when they finally open up these buildings, okay? Um, because you know when they they could put five thousand people in Sumo Hall, and then you know they're putting forty eight hundred. Um, you know what does that tell us? Does that tell us if they're able to put ten thousand people in Sumo Hall, they'd still only get forty eight hundred? That's a problem. That means that they have cooled off significantly. But we don't know that until things open up, and we'll find out quickly. But when you combine as as loaded as that roster is going to be with 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 a little bit of crowd noise, I think that's going to reinvigorate a lot of the disenfranchised uh, Western fans back into New Japan. The atmosphere killed it for a lot of people, yeah. and and the limited roster. I mean, you know, it's it's the small crew that they were running with for a lot of these tours killed it for a lot of people as well. So, um, you know, I I, I do think. Uh, you know, the, the roster issues will be fixed and we're going to find out whether or not it has truly cooled off or if the Japanese fans are hungry to get back in those buildings uh, with the full crew and, 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 and with the ability to cheer. Um, so some other stuff about New Japan um, is one guy is, you know, coming in, Chris Dickinson, it appears that another one is coming out, Juice Robinson. I was on Wrestling Observer Live this week and said that he has no more bookings after this weekend's uh, uh, Windy City Riot show in Chicago. We'll talk about that one in a moment. Uh, he was asked by uh, Brian Alvarez and Mike Sepervivi if he had a checklist of guys he wanted to wrestle. And his quote was, quote, no, I don't really have anybody that I want to wrestle. There's nothing that really, I just don't have the urge to wrestle really anymore. Not great. <laughs> so that's that. So Yeah, he'll wrestle again. Yeah, he's, he's working. He's just going through it. Yeah. He's just, I... I think that, you know, he might disappear for a while, but I mean, you know, he's going to get bored. Um, You know, he's just going through it. I mean, you know, it's, it's look at what has happened to his career during the pandemic. You know, he's one of these guys that isn't going back and forth to Japan anymore. And he's working these smaller new Japan shows in the States. And I could see why he'd be down, Um, you know, and then he, he, he will wrestle again. I don't know. You know, and look, I've been saying for a long time that the best thing for like that he he has hit his ceiling in New Japan. Him and Finley, I think they both need to go. Uh, both, you know, and I think that's best for both New Japan and both of those guys. I mean, they were never going to push Juice Robinson higher than he had attained. He had hit his ceiling. 
And same thing with Finley. So, you know, um, I, I think he'll obviously, he's not going to retire. I don't know where he's going to end up back in WWE. I don't know if AEW likes Juice Robinson, uh, maybe Impact, whatever the case may be. A change of scenery is going to be good for him and good for his career because he wasn't going to go any higher on the card in New Japan. So, and and I do believe the same for Finley. And, um, you know, Finley, you know, I, I, I don't know. I For a long time, I felt like he was a guy that was just eventually destined to end up in WWE. They've kind of changed their recruiting to yeah, some degree. Yeah, I think he was biding his time, but unfortunately, right when his time was up is when NXT decided that, or WWE decided NXT wasn't what it was before. I don't know. Like, looking at Finley, knowing what Finley is, I just don't see any reason why right now. I mean, yes, he is he's tailor-made for the 2019, 2020, you know, NXT that's going to grab just literally anybody with a pulse, anybody with a name or whatever. Uh, I, yeah, the, it, it'd be, I, I just don't see any reason why he would go in there now. He just doesn't have the the look that they're looking for. He doesn't have the work that they're looking for. I, I don't see it, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure his father could get him in if it really came down to it. Um, but yeah, as far as juice goes, he's not done. I, you know, I don't buy that for a second. Um, I think he's just either, you know, depressed at the moment about his career or, you know, maybe he's working, you know, I, I, I don't, that's not a very smart work though, to say, I'm not excited about wrestling anymore. And there's nobody I want to wrestle. <laughs> right, come I, call my number. Yeah. Please call me. Yeah. <laughs> right, oh, right. Promoter. Why am I calling you? You know, so he'll snap out of it. You know, he's, you know, he's, uh, he wants to hang out with Tony storm for a while. Nobody can blame him. You know, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. So, uh, we'll see, but I, I look, I think his, this, this is, if I were New Japan, I'd let him go. I mean, I, I you know, it's just, I'm with you. Yeah, I don't think I. He, he, you've done all you've, yeah, it, it's fine. And again, like again, this is okay. Like people shouldn't be with companies for ten years. Like that, it's okay. Some guys should. Obviously, your, your top top tier guys should create legacies with guys. But your bottom guys, the best thing for them a lot of times is to go and come back or leave and try something else or leave and go to another place. Like that, that is how you progress and move up. Sometimes you progress and move up because eventually you just figure it out or you hit on the right story or you hit on the right gimmick or whatever. But sometimes if you're a guy like Juice Robinson, like he got to the point where, like you said, there was a couple years there, 2016, 2017. You're like, all right, here we go. This is the Juice push. This is when Juice is going to get it. And then it just never quite happened. And when it when you get there and it doesn't happen, there's no it's very hard to get back to that point ever again. And he hasn't. He has definitely not gotten to that point ever again. And that's when it's probably the best move for everybody to just say, hey, you know what? Let's move on, and maybe down the line we can talk again. No hard feelings. Shake on it. He goes one way. They go one way. You know, door's not closed to happen again, but, like, yeah, it's probably better for his career to move elsewhere and try something different, do something a little bit different because he's just, like you said, he's not going to progress anymore in New Japan. They don't seem very interested in progressing him anymore, so what's the point anymore? You know, what? what why are you guys in this relationship right now anyway? There's no point. So Guys, it's, he's it's, been there, like, eight years. Yeah, it's been forever. You know, go do something different. You know, it, it's, you know, it, he's been passed by, by a lot of, you know, Gaijins and, 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 you know, let alone people, you know, like great Ocon is in line for a gigantic push, you know, and it's like, that's going to be another guy ahead of him in the pecking order. And then, you know, just forget it. I mean, it's just, it's, it's sometimes it's just time to leave the territory. So he is a guy though, who has openly said that he doesn't like working indies. He doesn't trust the rings. Yeah. He doesn't like the, you know, it's like, so, and I know he work has been working more indies, you know, the last few years than than he than he used to. But, um, you know, uh, look, I, I suspect he'll pop up somewhere eventually. 
Yeah, I don't think he's done. He might be trying to tell himself that he's done, and that might be what this is all about, is kind of tell himself, ah, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. But uh, wrestlers are wrestlers, you know what I mean? They're they're yeah. they're never retired. <laughs> you know, there's always that urge that, that you know that need to be in front of people, that want to be in front of people. It's always kind of there. So yeah, I don't I don't think he's I don't think he's done done after this, but uh, maybe done for for now for for Juice. But uh, let us get to New Japan. Uh, let, you know, since we're talking about Windy City Riot, uh, I'll start with that show, and then we'll kind of go over some of the other stuff going on in Japan. But uh, this looks like a hell of a show. I'm going to be there Saturday. Uh, a lot of other people from Voices of Wrestling, a lot of people I know that listen to the show uh, are going to be there. Uh, people that needed hotel advice. Hey, how do I get here? How do I do this? I've heard from a lot of people, so it should be a really, really fun show. Uh, it, I think it is sold out. As far as I know, it is sold out. I don't know exactly what uh, the amount of tickets sold were. This is the Odium. Which, by the way, RIP to the Odium. This is the final run uh, for the the host of Anarchy Rules 1999 and Anarchy Rules 2000 and Global Wars 2016. And I'm trying to think of any other significant wrestling shows. Uh, it is being turned into like a truck depot or something next year. I, I don't know what's going on with it, but uh, the Odium is 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 not going to be a venue anymore for uh for for events. So uh, RIP to the Odium in Villa Park. But uh, I don't know what the setup is. I don't know if it's the Global Wars 2016 setup. So if you want to use that as like an attendance, you know, uh, I, I don't know. And I don't know if WrestleTix has covered this one at all because um, I don't know if it's important enough for them. But it seems like a really, it's, as far as I can tell, Buzzle Meter seems pretty high for it. A lot of people I know going to the show. Uh, I know tickets sold pretty quickly, but it looks like a hell of a show. Your your main event, uh, John Moxley versus Will Ospreay. I mean, Jesus Christ, <laughs> I can't not go to that. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii versus Minoru Suzuki. That was set up at WrestleMania. The Ishii Suzuki match was set up at WrestleMania weekend at the Lone Star Shootout show. Yeah. But I think that this show had sold out before they even announced that. Yes, I think on the, on the backs of Moxley and Osprey and on the backs of a few other announcements, I think it sold out. I think Moxley and Osprey for sure was the one that made everybody kind of yeah. go, "Oh, okay." <laughs> I think I think I'm buying tickets to this now. So, uh, US of J Open Challenge Series: Jay White versus Question Mark Question Mark Question Mark. Always dangerous. It's how it always is with these US of A channels. So we'll see who yeah. it is. Um, six man tag, uh, Chicago Street Fight. Juice Robinson ending his career in a Chicago Street Fight. There you go. It's Finn Juice and Brody King versus Jonah, Shane Haste, and Bad Dude Tito. What a team. Jonah, Shane Haste, yeah. and Bad Dude Tito. Yeah, couldn't get uh, Mad Mikey Nichols in there, I guess. <laughs> so, not. That's... all right. You know. See, that's another thing. Look at, you know, you know TMDK. You get them back in Japan. You know, obviously, Haste is back in the mix. Uh, Jonah, who, to me, should have been in New Japan to begin with. They passed on him when they had the chance. He ended up in WWE. Um, you know, if you can get Haste and Nichols back together, you know, then then you got the TMDK tag team. It's just They have a wealth of talent at their day. They, they can really pick and choose. Uh, then you also have uh, Yuji Nagata versus Tom Lawler. Sounds awesome. Uh Bullet Club, Chris Bay, Doc Gallows, El Fantasmo, Hikuleo, and Carl Anderson, and Scott Norton. Yes. <laughs> I've never seen Scott Norton live. This is a chance to finally see one half of Viciously Delicious in the flesh, one half of Fire and Ice. Finally, I get to see Scott Norton live. I cannot wait. Is he going to get added to the Bullet Club Wikipedia page? Or- <laughs> oh, he should. Yeah, so the way that they list it, they list it as Bullet Club, parentheses, Chris Bay, Doc Gallows, Fantasmo, Hikuleo, Carl Anderson, Close parentheses and Scott yeah. Norton. So I wonder if, yeah, he's he's presented a T-shirt and and what what way does he decide to go? I, well, he's against the United Empire. I don't think he's going their way uh, as well. And yeah, this United Empire team rocks: Hanare, Okan, Cobb, Fletcher, Davis, and TJP. So that's yeah. wow. 
<laughs> That's yeah. awesome. And that, and they obviously added Akira Francesco to the to the unit on the uh, which the show we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah, so. Cyber Battle. Yeah. United Empire is is full at this point. And the thing is, when once TJP can get to Japan, he'll have a tag. They'll have a junior tag. They'll have a junior tag team too because they could team TJP with 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 the good Italian boy. So um, and Chris Bay is another guy who they can get into Japan now. Okay, and he's got a ton of upside. And the Good Brothers contract is coming up in Impact, and they have <laughs> openly said that they want to end back in New Japan. So, well, they don't. Have but again, to. I wish they I, look. I get I wish it. They wouldn't, but they will. But what yeah. I'm saying is, yeah. But my overall point here is the roster can be just you know, like I said, they have tons of choices. It's going to fill up again pretty quickly. Yes, in a good way. And the, in, and in then these way. tours aren't going to look as sterile and dry as they've looked because they're using the same 18 guys on every tour. So it, it, it you know, so I missed the debut uh, of Francesca. How did they maneuver him leaving all Japan? Did I miss? Cause a lot of times like we see this, like you have now, to pretend he, you're going to America. You have to pretend you're leaving for this reason or another. He just fucking jumped, right? No, he won the junior title. And then he won, he won the junior he won the tournament, then he won the title, then he lost the title. And they kind of, it was kind of obvious he was never coming back because they, he got like a goodbye. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't get a Dragon Gate goodbye, but it was obvious that, you know, and then he went to, he went back home to Europe. He worked some, you know, indies. He worked Rev Pro, the match against Gabe Kid. And then that was kind of the tip off right there. Like, all right, he's working Rev Pro. Right, 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 right. The connection is now, you know, so then when they started running the vignettes for, the fucking, you know, fucking fire. Using all Italian language. Yeah, it was kind of obvious yeah. to anybody who knew anything that that's probably like your Francesco. So, yeah, and then he showed up. So, now um, I'm not. You listen, I, I need to see him work in New Japan before I'm convinced he'll be a fit. I mean, I like him, and I've been a proponent of his for a while. But all Japan is one. All Japan's a nice little promotion with some nice little juniors. But I. I think size might be an oh, issue. Oh yeah, he's for five him. nine, like what one sixty maybe. Small like, guy, and he's pretty skinny. I, yeah, he's pretty skinny, and not that explosive. Like if you're kind of small and skinny, like if you're explosive, that works. He's not quite that either. I mean, I, I like him too. I think he's good. I just, yeah, I'm with you. I don't know that he's going to be good in New Japan. We'll see. I like, I like him in, I like him in all Japan. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I don't yeah, know great. if it's going to work. I don't know if he'll. We'll see. I mean, he can, he can work. I mean, I don't consider him a super worker. I don't think he's like phenomenal yeah also 22 um, years old too so that's uh yes yeah if, yeah of course tons of upside but i mean i think that he was more of a fun underdog in all japan more than wow this guy's a breakout superstar right, if right people right, are right. expecting that i don't know but it also shows kind of osprey's influence where you know he's getting people in now where if he can get ozzy open in and now this kid in so um you know that kind of tells you where osprey sits in the uh you know, in terms of, you know, being a New Japan veteran now. Uh, Alex Coughlin, Chris Dickinson, Fred Rosser, Josh Alexander, and Ren Narita versus Team Filthy, Black Tiger, Danny Limelight, Jarrell Nelson, Jared Kratos, and Royce Isaacs. I like the Black Tiger thing. I think that's cool. Yeah. You oh, know, yeah. It's, it's always good. It's, uh, it's what's his name? Uh, the other Rottweiler. Uh, Ricky Reyes. Yeah. It's Ricky Reyes. So, um, yeah, you know, it's fine. This is a 10-man tag, but, you know... WrestleMania weekend, the new the Lone Star shootout. As soon as like <laughs> after watching like all these game changer shows and everything, and it's like and these indie shows, and then the New Japan show came on, and it was just like a it was Rocky versus uh, 
Renderita, I think. And then it was like one of these kind of 10 man tags with just a bunch of guys. So it was nothing special, but immediately the difference in quality of work yeah. was just the mat, the stunning. sound of the mat, the, the the look of them bouncing off the ropes, the chops, the punches that, yeah, it, it's, it's just incredible difference <laughs> in the quality yeah. of work between like the new Japan show yep. And like I don't know, JCW versus LA fights. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean? like, norm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, Clark Connors, Carl Fredericks, and Yu Yuomura versus the Factory, Aaron Solo, Nick Komoroto, and QT Marshall. The Factory in a kind of windy city. Uh, they, it's interesting. They they've been doing a a, a, a you know a, a Twitter angle. So, you know, the factory is like invading New Japan. Yeah, they want to get Fredericks. And, They're trying to recruit Fredericks. So, yeah. So there's at least a backstory to it. But what this also tells you is the AEW New Japan connection, right? That's the more important thing Correct. here. Yes. Then Aaron Solo working a prelim match. Like the important thing to, to, to here is the relationship is obviously strengthening. Yes, yes. We'll talk about that in, in, in a moment here as in well. about 30 seconds. Yes, and then dark tag match, which I'm going to try to get to because I really want to see this. Uh, Kevin yeah. Knight and the DKC versus Rocky Romero in Wheeler, Utah. Who, by the way, is a fucking star <laughs> after like three weeks because wrestling is fucking easy. And everybody and makes it way harder than it needs to be. This guy's a goddamn star <laughs> after just a couple weeks of attempting to make him a star. It's so easy. Why are you all well, so bad at this? The other thing here is this was booked before he joined another stable. <laughs> right. So it's a little awkward, but hey, that's all right. So. And he's been tweeting about that, too. <laughs> yeah, he tweeted, I, oh, I, Okada said that he's behind on AEW. That's good. Because, yeah. like, he's going to come out and be like, yeah, chaos, baby. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> like, you <know>? So. <laughs> Rocky's going to be like, wait a minute. He's like, shh, just don't. Just, I, I got the, I'll do it here. I'll do this match. Like, don't tell anybody. But, yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. Which is cool awesome. that the two the canons of the companies are the same, which is cool, yes, too. Yeah, which is like, also yeah. cool. So, okay. We alluded to it a little bit, AEW New Japan. Uh, that relationship is improving. Joe, I think that's probably a good way to say it, right? So I got confirmation. We talked about it before we went on the air, but I, I was texting back and forth with Damon from the Super Jcast while we were doing the show. And their new episode is is ready to go. We're going to upload that as soon as we're done with this. And they have a major, major New Japan. Major scoop. AEW scoop. So... You're going to want to listen to the Jcast. We already know what it is, but it's their scoop. So um, listen to their show uh, that will be uploaded. By the time 99% of you hear the words coming out of my mouth, that show is going to be on the feed. So yeah, you're going to want to will be. That. The problem, too, is it's going to be everywhere. Remember where you heard it first. Super Jcast. Joel Super Jcast got the scoop. Um, Damon confirmed that the scoop is on the show because we weren't sure if they were going to do it on the show. But uh, Damon confirmed it. So. Um, we can go ahead and plug it and, and listen, you're going to want to hear this. Yes. <laughs> yes, you are. You're going to want to hear this. Okay. I, I wouldn't oversell it. So you guys know no, I it's, it's a thing. It, so. It's a, it's a, whoa, <laughs> it's, it's a, it'll take you back a little bit. Scoop. It's so. a major, major scoop. Especially so. for me. I'll say that I am in and particular excited about this scoop. So I suspect it's what Tony Khan's big announcement is going to be because he's setting up another big announcement. Right. And, you isn't uh, a New Japan executive coming to this Windy City? Yes, Riot. I forget exactly uh, who it is, but yeah, a major New Japan executive will be at Windy City Riot as well. So I don't know if they're gonna half announce it there. If I, I have no idea, uh, but yeah, it is a major thing. All the pieces are being put into place, uh, but you're gonna get the scoop before anybody else. 
uh, on this week's Super Jcast. So, well, he might be coming into town to be at at, at Dynamite Wednesday. That's possible too. Okay, yep. let's move on. So, yeah, so there you go. Um, that's Windy City Riot, and uh, what do we got? So we got to talk about the hyper battle. So did you see any of this? I have not seen a second of it. I I am too busy, unfortunately, catching up on WrestleMania weekend. I will just about be done with everything that I want to watch Mania weekend. Uh, So, yeah, I have not watched this. But, yeah, lead me through this and and tell me if there's anything I need to go out of my way to check out from Hyper Battle. Well, the main event was really good. I wouldn't call it a match of the year contender or anything like that. The thing about Okada is what I've noticed about him over the last, I don't know, six months or so. He's much more efficient in his work. You're not seeing these elaborate and exaggerated closing stretches. He's just hitting people with the Rainmaker and fucking pinning them, like what he's through with them. Um, and that was the case here with this match, you know. And uh, you know, Zach was great in it as, as he his, he almost always is. And Okada was excellent here, but there's sort of a. Um, I, I, the only word I can come up with is an efficiency. There's an efficiency to Okada's work lately. And I don't know if it's okay. After two years of this shit, I have figured out that we shouldn't be doing 45 minute matches in front of clap crowds. I don't know if it's, you know, I'm in my thirties now and my body's starting to feel it. Maybe I don't need to put it through the absolute hell that I put it through in its twenties. You have to remember that Okada for a solid decade, has been a main eventer in New Japan, working main events, working the longest matches, working a hard style, and and really putting his body through a lot. So it could just be an adjustment in his match structures and layouts. Or it could be, and this is option number three, and I want your opinion on this. You know, he went through the whole um, story he was telling during the money clip era of where he was slumping and trying to figure out different ways to beat people. and. Um, you know, and, and people thought he was like legitimately washed up when he was, you know, telling that story in that G1 a couple years ago. I still think that, even though he's proven that. Well, hasn't he? He's didn't done... Wrestle Kingdom two years ago end that? Yeah, and no. It's, oh, oh, you still, oh, you, you, all these people convincing themselves he's, you know, he wasn't washed. Well, I don't know. He's for two years, he's been having good matches again. So. He's been great again ever <laughs> I since. I don't know what anyway. you're talking about, but okay. So anyway, yeah. Yeah. what I'm thinking this could also be is, so he tells this story of, you know, maybe he's not the same anymore. And, and you know, he's, he, you know, the Rainmaker's not effective and I've got to use the money clip and all this. And he's slumping. But now he's the world heavyweight champion again, right? And he's got his swagger back. And maybe this is this efficiency that we're seeing in his work and definitively putting people away is kind of a story device where it's like, I'm back. I'm at full strength. I went through my little slump. I like got an these dumb titles together. These titles are are back. You know, I'm yeah. there. I he's even the said top even, guy. even in that build, he said that he wants to bring New Japan back to glory and out of the pandemic. Yes. Like that's what he said. So could that be what this is, or a combination of all three? All I know is there's a difference in his work. It's more definitive. It's more efficient. Yeah. He's not fucking around, especially well, with we were taking it back. Opponents. We were taking it back, even the, the the Naito one, where he just like fucking yes. hit the rainmaker and pinned him, and it's like, oh, all right. <laughs> like we thought that was yeah. some referendum on Naito, but it appears that that's not. It's actually more. No, just, it's a pattern now. Right. It's yeah. It's a. You could go all the way back to the Buddy Matthews match, right? 
He didn't give him a ton, and we thought, ah, it's Buddy Matthews. He just, but this has been a pattern now. Everyone he wrestles, it's kind of like, you know, and he's still having great matches. It's not like he's out there dogging it, but it, they're just there's there's an efficiency to his work that I think is interesting. He is he has changed his style again. So, and that was also the case here. This is a really good match. I'd probably go. I don't have my notebook up here, but I think I went four and a quarter. Uh, definitely worth watching. Didn't overstay its welcome. Uh, Desperado. And of course, obviously, um, as I reported behind the paywall, um, I don't know how many times I have to be right. And there's still people that say I just make things up. Dave Meltzer has been hearing that for 40 years. So why would that? Yeah, it's not going to happen. To, it's but, not going to be tomorrow. I'll um, tell you that. Yeah. But as I reported weeks ago behind the paywall, so all of our subscribers knew, but it's going to be Okada Naito at Dantaku in the Fukuoka Dome. So they feel like that is their biggest match and their best hope to sell the most tickets in the Dome. And they're probably not wrong. But what it also means is, like we talked about a few weeks ago, they're running this match into the ground now. But with the yeah, limited they, crew, they don't care about it anymore in the same way that they – they care about it in the sense that they, they know it can sell tickets, and that it's a, but they don't care about protecting it anymore which they were for four years protecting that match. And yeah. That was the Holy grail match that, okay, we'll do it when the time is officially right. But now they're just, yeah, we're, we've seen it now three times in what? Yeah. Six months, seven months, you know, yeah. Less like, than that. They wrestled at new Japan cup. They wrestled in February and oh, yeah, right. well, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, they wrestled a couple weeks ago. So it's like, um, they're going to do it. And you know, they booked this dome and they feel like that's the best match to fill the dome. So, um, you know, so that was uh, the plan. That's why Naito beat Okada in the New Japan Cup. This was all behind the paywall weeks ago, but it all played out exactly but like that. But you make that. it all up, and there's nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just guess. Um, you guess so, you're pretty good. You're a good prognosticator. I'll tell you that. So, so, uh, so yeah, that's that's going to be the next match. Naito didn't even come out to challenge. Like Okada just cut a promo, and that was it. Like they didn't even send Naito out there to do the face to face deal. Um. Despy beat show. That surprised me to some degree. I thought they'd do the title switch. They did not. Despy got injured in this match on that wild bump he took off the apron into the guardrail. He injured his hip. And they had to change the entire structure of the rest of the match because of that hip injury. And then, um, you know, he ended up retaining the title. I was also told that that Despy and show talked uh, Goto, uh, not Goto, Togo, out of a lot of shit that was like this was already mired oh, into great stuff. <laughs> why does why does this have to happen all the time? But they talked him out of a lot more. Like they <sighs> they talked Togo out of a lot of spots that they they were able to successfully get worked out of the match. But there was still a ton. And then he hurt his hip, and um, you know he still did some wild shit after that because he's a fucking lunatic. But um, the hip injury is something to keep an eye on. I don't think it's anything that's going to keep him out, but. Um, but it was notable. Uh, Okan and Cobb won the tag team titles. I figured everyone expected that. I mean, the Goto Yoshihashi thing kind of ran its course once they were done feuding with uh, with House of Torture. So they put the titles on Okan and Cobb. As I also talked about behind the paywall, Okan is in line for a monster push. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when they pull the trigger. And they almost did it in New Japan Cup. But they they went with Zack Sabre Jr., it was down to Jack, Zack Sabre Jr. or Okan once Abushi got hurt. And they went with Sabre because um, uh, uh, Gato feels Okan needs a little more. He wants to rack up some more wins. And this is, you know, this is a good example of that. You know, little tag team title run, more singles wins over some guys. But that Okan main event push is coming. It's coming. He's going to be a player 
in the world title scene. And I know a lot of people don't like Okan. He's probably going to be the world champion. So he's going to win this title at some point. Like, I'm not saying in six months, but they see him as a top guy. Yeah, this so, isn't a fluke. Yeah, this, this if you don't like him, yeah, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Get used to it. He's not I, going away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, look, you're not, you know, it's just, it is, you know, I'm, and we've been telling you this for years. Yes, like, since he, no, pretty it, much since he came in or came back from excursion, we said they think he's a top guy if you don't like him. Uh, you're probably not going to like a lot of New Japan over the next couple of years. And I think when the fans come back, he's going to be way more over than people are anticipating. Uh, you know, the thing saving the little girl. He came to the ring with, like, the police declaration of, like, his heroic, you know. So, he, you know, they're making a story out of that. Um, did you see all that or were you gone? Yeah, did no, so I, I did follow that story, which is an awesome story. There's, there's you know, a, a suspected, wasn't it a suspected sexual assault? And he stopped and then he... Gave pancakes or something, or offered his yeah, pancakes. It's, a it's, drunken... a, it's a hilarious story. It, it like after now that it actually you know now that he was able to stop it and all that sort of stuff, and the kind of the funny details of him being you know pretty awkward about it after he stopped it. But yeah, an awesome, awesome story to get out there and and just you know stop this. And yeah, it wasn't like no, he's being heralded as like this hero, and it's awesome. It's really, really cool. Yeah, and and, and he plugged New Japan. And his, uh, <laughs> right, that's what I mean. There's just like yeah. some interesting stuff yeah. in there about like you know, hey, do you want some pancakes? And oh, by the way, watch New Japan Pro Wrestling. Like, you can watch me on New Japan Pro Wrestling in a town near you. Like he plugged New Japan to the in the, in the story, but uh, no, he's he's in line for a big push, and this is part of that. Uh, evil beat Hiromu. Um, look, Hiromu's probably going to beat Evil for the Never Title, but I. I if you follow Gato's booking, it probably wasn't going to happen here. He beat Evil in New Japan Cup, and then Evil, they ran angles where Evil got his heat back. It just didn't feel like this was the time for Hiromu to beat him, but he's probably going to beat him at some point. Um, Taichi and Toru Yano had a sumo match. I don't need to say any more about that. Yeah, not, uh, I'm not going to watch it. Don't worry. So The uh, uh, Wato and Taguchi retained the junior tag titles over Phantasmo and Ishimori. Look, it doesn't really matter who holds those titles. You can trade these titles back and forth to any of these junior teams. Yeah, but Ishimori was the challenger for Despi. So that's probably why, you know, they just kept the titles on Wato and Taguchi here because Ishimori is getting a uh, a uh, junior title shot at the Dome show. So that's kind of – that was probably the thinking there. Um, and then, the, you know, Shingo and, and Naito beat Hanare and Osprey, you know, with uh, Hanare obviously eating the fall there. So that's just a bunch of main eventers involved because they didn't have anything to do with the top of the card. So they worked the prelim. Um and then Tamatanga Tangaloa and Hiroshi Tanahashi, along with Jado, uh, beat the Bullet Club. So I think Gorillas of Destiny and Tanahashi are getting a, a never six-man title shot. So that's the world we're living in now, where Tanahashi is teaming with Gorillas of Destiny. He has embraced Man. Gorillas of Destiny. Has, they're wearing the New Japan t-shirts now. I was going to say, has he gone dark, or are they going, have they gone to the light? They've gone to yeah, the light. So yeah, so after Bullet Club dumped, uh, turned on him, uh, Tanahashi has embraced them. Uh, see, I want Tanahashi uh, growing a beard. I want him getting a little like he's got these new friends. They smoke cigarettes. You know, what I mean? they get in a little bit of trouble. I don't want yeah. them clean. I want him getting a little. He's got some stubble on the face. You know what I mean? Maybe like a temporary yeah. tattoo that they could put on him. Like uh, I think that'd be a fun story to do. But that's all right. And Jado scored the fall on Gato. So uh, <laughs> big. Oh big, wow, big win. <laughs> big, big clap pop for that. So, um, you know the Bullet Club stuff. I have to tell you. I really don't mind the Bullet Club war thing. I think it makes them far more interesting than they were before. I, I, you know, it'll probably wear out its welcome eventually. You know what I mean? But it's like, 
if you're going to wrap up the House of Torture with that and keep them away from the rest of the card, I don't really have a problem with any of this. And I think it'll be interesting to see the twists and turns and where everybody ends up being aligned and everything like that. That's way more interesting than the same old Bullet Club that we've had since 2013. Just mucking it up on all these shows. Oh, so course, I'm not yeah, as certainly. Absolutely. I'm not as down on that story as everybody else is. I'm not excited about it. But I mean... And especially the idea that it can carry over to New Japan Strong, to Impact, to AEW with the Elite. You know, uh, Jay White just cut a promo and he talked about how, you know, he worked the Young Bucks into the promo and how he doesn't have any problems with the Elite. And you know, so it's going to carry over to multiple promotions. I don't think it's – I think it's kind of interesting, honestly. I mean, it's it's something different and I don't really mind it. So we'll see what these upcoming shows what happens? So anyway, that sets up Dantaku in the Fukuoka Dome. I know we're running out of time, but it's Okada, Naito, like we talked about. Tanahashi versus Willow Spray for the U.S. title. I forgot. Sonata came into the ring and vacated the title because of the orbital bone injury. Okay. So yeah. Osprey came out and said, "Oh well, since I hurt you, that's mine." You know, he's. Like, <laughs> so, but then Tanahashi came out, and so the gonna, dorks get really mad about it and 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 clutch their pearls and go, "Oh my God, this Will Osprey, I hate him so much." Rich, I don't fucking know. I don't <laughs> Who cares? Yeah, great. So yes. I just watch wrestling. I don't. Yes. I don't know. Yeah, hell yeah. Um. So all I know is it was funny. You know, he comes out and thinks the title's his because he injured the guy on a botch. Um, Despi versus Ishimori. Evil against Tamatanga for the Never title because uh, Tamatanga got attacked from behind by Evil. I forgot to go through that, too, um, after one of the matches. Um, Okan and Cobb defend against Goto and Yoshihashi and also Bad Luck Fale and Chase Owens. So we get a dopey three-way. Junior tag titles. This time it's Doki and Kanemaru's turn to get a title shot. Uh, I don't know where Doki and Kanemaru are in the rankings, Rich, but uh, they're getting a uh, title shot at Wato and Taguchi. Um, is that Doki's first title shot that isn't like a never trio? Ooh, that is a great question. Thing? Let me f- get to you. I like a, I like a good Doki uh, cage match uh, search here. You can find some fun stuff here. Let us see if this is Doki. While you're looking that yeah, up, yeah. I will excite you with a Yujiro versus Tangaloa. Oh, God. <laughs> God so. damn it. That's the Bullet Club. Maybe we should yeah, pump those breaks, Joe. Pump those breaks, Joe. All right, so he, uh, not including Riot title tournaments and, no. <laughs> you know, IWRG and the very uh, illustrious LYC Cruiserweight title, this uh, in New Japan, uh, six-man tag team titles and King of Pro Wrestling is all he's ever. So he, ha- he has had a shot uh, at the six-man tag team titles twice and the uh, King of Pro Wrestling title once when he did the okay. Rambo with handcuffs I- or whatever, so. I thought I remembered some trios title shots and the King of Pro Wrestling makes sense. But uh so this is his first like also the AAB trios uh titles he, he also I, had a chance at. I don't know what that means. And the Puebla but... indie tag team titles he also had a chance. But this is not New Japan, sir. I'm <laughs> oh, not concerned. Is it not? Okay, sorry. Okay. Uh and then the opener is Taichi, Takamishinoku, and Zack Saber Jr. versus Hiromu, Shingo, and Tatsumi Fujinami. So continuing to get bookings. He's in tremendous shape for a fucking 70-year-old man. I will say that. Um, and Taka, I guess, look, they gave him a little tryout on that one tour. It was kind of a trial run, and it looks like he passed. Remember he took all those beatings? Oh, like, my God. Like, yes, he did. Yeah. They beat the living shit out of him to basically – it's like beating him into a gang, except they were beating him back into New Japan. So uh, Taka popping back up too. So um, that is – 
everything New Japan, right? I think I we, believe yeah. that's it. Yeah, I believe that is that is all we have uh, for New Japan. So we'll um, we'll have coverage of Windy City Riot next week uh, as well. So I'll be there live, get a live report of everything going on. That will be on the flagship uh, next week. Maybe maybe I'll do an instant reaction. We'll see. I won't do an instant reaction live, but maybe the next morning. It's 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 Easter morning. I got nothing else going on, so maybe I'll I'll do that. I don't know. I can't promise it yet. Find out. <laughs> FlagshipPatreon.com. You might get something, or you might have to wait a week. I will find out how things go. But uh, when you say right, I'll be there live. Uh, Dontaku coming up pretty quickly. Yeah, all that other good stuff going on. So that is it for New Japan. Uh, we are just about done. few more things we wanted to touch on real quick. Uh, Shinjiro Otani, while we stick in Japan here. Uh, better news today than earlier in the week. But uh, for those that do not know, Shinjiro Otani, a, a legend in, in, in Japanese wrestling. Uh, he had a cervical spinal cord injury in the main event of Zero One's April 10th show. Uh, he underwent successful, what they're calling successful surgery, uh, and per zero one, the surgeon said everything went as planned, and he's been moved to a different hospital to begin the next step of his treatment. But the problem is we don't know what that is, what entails successful surgery. Last we saw Shinjiro Tani, he couldn't move uh, his body. You know, he was able to kind of lift his head up. He was conscious. He was awake. He was you know stable, but he couldn't move any of his, you know his limbs, and that is very very scary, uh, especially for a man his age, and especially given what happened. You know the thrown into the corner, hitting his neck, and then now no longer being able to move any of his body parts. That's not good. Obviously, that really hurts. But, um, you know, the the successful surgery and the next step of treatment, it, it seems like people are more positive, but we don't know what that quite means just yet. We, we know that he's stable. We know that he's going to survive. You know what I mean? But, like, beyond that, we don't know anything more uh, right now about that. Uh, as of this recording, April, uh, you know, for the 14th or whatever, uh, right now we don't know anything more. Uh, about Otani, but yeah, very, very scary injury, and, and we're obviously hoping that he uh, makes a full recovery and, and maybe never wrestles again. That'd probably be okay if he never did. I highly so, doubt he'll wrestle again. Yeah, no, he probably uh, you should know, not. He, even if he, you know, we just hope he can walk again. Right. So. Yeah, I want him to walk again, and, and I really don't care if he wrestles again. So that's, yeah, uh, yeah awful, awful injury. Um, So we'll see. We'll keep you updated about that. Uh, And then uh, in Dragon Gate, uh, last week, April 7th, uh, they said uh, goodbye uh, to Kness. I do want to say before anything, I cannot recommend listening to Open the Voice Gate enough. Case Low, Mike Spears, and Jay, Dragon Gate's English commentator, they brought him on a couple weeks ago to talk about the life and career of Kness. Tremendous show. Go out of your way to watch, listen to that show if you haven't yet. One of the best shows that they've ever done, one of the best things we've ever had on this network. I mean, just the level of detail of those three people talking about anybody in Dragon Gate, but also the level of detail of talking about this guy in particular. Uh, nuts like nobody else can do that show but those three people and they were on this network voice wrestling yeah. podcast network uh, definitely a show that you're proud uh, to be able to, to, to present to people and, and, and just all the credit in the world to Case and Mike uh, for getting Jay to come on and then Jay obviously being Jay he knows fucking everything about Dragon Gate those three men know more about Dragon Gate than any other human beings on earth right like I don't English know if, speakers for sure yeah maybe even more maybe even Japanese like there might be people in Dragon Gate that don't know uh, enough about him Jay Jay surprises anytime they bring on like a, a a Japanese wrestler to do commentary Jay just like goes on and on and on and on about this stuff and you can tell that they don't even know half the shit that he knows yeah. like all right whatever dude like like Genki Horiguchi's just like all right I don't know man like I yeah. don't fucking care like I do my yeah. shit I do some other stuff I don't know everything you know what I mean I don't know every storyline from every year but yeah those three people very few people on this earth know more about Dragon Gate than those three people, and they were all together uh, talking about uh, Kness, and, and obviously he uh, made his retirement uh, on April 7th. I have not watched the show yet. I'm going to go watch it. 
Uh, an unfortunate part about this is Jay was doing English commentary. There was a technical difficulty, uh, so it is not available in English. He has said he's not going to re-record it. He just doesn't feel right going back and re-recording you know, this particular show. So it is only available in uh, in Japanese, which you know for some people might hurt, but it's still, I've heard, is a really, really fun show to check out. So uh, you have seen it, though, right? Uh, can you give some recommendations or thumbs up or anything about it? Yeah, I saw the main event. Um you know, and I, and I, I put over that podcast real strong last week. You know, it's like, if you want to learn about the career of Kness, you know, I mean, Jay is just, plus it's his favorite wrestler on top of everything. That's, else. that's, yeah. There's so, nobody that knows more about Kness than, than, than him. Like, I learned so much, you know, you know, but, but the match was, uh, Dragon Kid, obviously, because of the Darkness Dragon, Dragon Kid feud, which is legendary in that, in that, you know, Toriyaman Dragon Gate world. So it was Dragon Kid and KZ versus uh, Kness and Susumu Yokozuka. That's really what the match had to be. And um, uh, KZ put him away with a series of, uh, you know where the moves, guys. You know, Kness does that running elbow. <laughs> Especially Dragon Gate moves. I don't know. So that's, I, I don't know. I don't know the name of it, but it's like that running European uppercut elbow thingy that Kness does. So KZ hit him with two or three of those and, and, you know, he kept kicking out, but then he finally put him away with it. Very similar to the, you know, uh, Shawn Michaels super kick on Ric Flair. Like, uh, Kness knew he was cooked. And, you know, and, and KZ finally hit him with another one and pinned him. Um, and it was very emotional. And what Kness is doing, if you listen to that podcast, he's giving a lot of his signature moves to a lot of the younger wrestlers. Like, he's gifting the maneuvers that he used over the course of his career to a lot of the young wrestlers he's fond of in the company. And um, so this was kind of a, a fitting way to go out, you know, with Dragon Kid on the other side and KZ putting him away with one of his signature moves. It was a, you know, it was a good match. It was legitimately a good match. It wasn't just carried by emotion. I mean, it was, it was good. And, you know, Kness, I think Kness and Super Shisha are two guys who, you know, a lot of maybe casual wrestling fans, you know, you know, Naruki Doi and Shima and Shingo Takagi and Akira Tozawa. And, and you might even know Kajitora and Yoko and Susumu Yokozuka and Dragon Kid and, and Misaki Mochizuki and Genki Horiguchi. But Kness and Super Sisha are two guys who are just so important to the history of Dragon Gate and the Toriyaman system and everything. And, and who, who, who just, because they, after a certain period of time, neither one of those guys has been pushed in decades. You know what I mean? Like they right. haven't been, they haven't been pushed in years due to injury and just, you know, their roles in the company and, and for various reasons. But, you know, the further back you go into the history of the Dragon Gate system, the more important you'll see that those two guys are. And this was it for Kness. So, um, you know, he went out with a great match and he went out the right way, doing business the right way eating the pin to a kid that he wanted to put. I call him a kid. How old's Casey? Like, <laughs> I was going like, to say, I think Casey's he's probably like, like 35, right? Like, he's Casey, like 34 he, years old. Let me you see. know, but, but see to, Casey, this little kid, this spry little, uh, 35 year old. Yeah. So yeah, you know what? People, I like, you know what? As somebody that's also 35, I like the idea of being a kid when you're 35. So can you call well, me? The thing, here's the thing with Casey. Here's the thing with Casey. 
it's almost like he's had two careers. He had the DJ KZ thing where he was this goofball undercard yeah, grimy MC, MCKZ or MC whatever. KZ, yeah, yeah, yeah. MCKZ. Uh, you know, where he was this grimy Not to be mixed up with DJZ. That's that's where you mix it up. DJZ and That's right, I mix yeah. it. Yeah. So MCKZ and he like wore the full fucking jumpsuit and he was missing teeth and he's just this like this scuzzy fucking undercard heel. And then, you know, they gave him the push as a baby face. And now he's like a top eight, one of the top baby face. It's like two different guys almost. So you almost forget that he's been around for like 15 years at this point, you know. But, um, you know, he obviously isn't part of the generation of, you know, Yokozuka and Dragon Kid and, and those guys. But he came, after, you know, right afterwards. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, if you're a big-time Dragon Gate fan, it's a must-see match, you know. And if you're just a wrestling fan who likes to see – goodbyes and farewells and, and an emotional kind of deal. It's really a shame that, that Jay's commentary got wiped out. Cause again, this is his favorite wrestler. Oh, of all I know. Time. Yeah. And that's and, like, again, like if it was any other show and he's done this before, like shows have gotten wiped out and he just goes, all right, fuck it. Let's do it again. But yeah, this was one that it was, I I'm sure knowing somebody who's been in that position of having a show not work and, and having to, okay, let's re-record that or let's re-record the segment. It sucks. It's always the worst. Can't recreate It's always the worst. And trying to recreate sending off your favorite wrestler ever, like the emotion of that, like you cannot recreate that. So I, I, while I'm disappointed that I can't hear, you know, Jay talk about, can I, like, I also completely understand it as somebody who does audio that there is no way to get back in that booth and get anywhere near the same amount of emotion that you had before it will come across as if you're trying too hard if you try too hard or you just straight up won't be able to give that emotion and then that, that's also not fair either so i totally understand just saying ah fuck it it's gone sorry you're never gonna get it so yeah so now yeah. the exclusive if you want jay talking about kness open the voice gate. It's the only place you can do that so yes good point <laughs> before we end the show i want your opinion on everyone rips me because they're like why do you like Danhausen? It doesn't make sense. Like you're no fun. Well, you Lance are wrong. Yeah, you are wrong about that. Danhausen is the stalker Ichikawa of AEW. That's yeah, but that's, see, stalker is funny, and Danhausen isn't. So I see. I think Danhausen is entertaining I, in AEW. I cannot believe this. Is this a bit? It's not a bit. He is. Dan ha- he is created in a lab to be a wrestler that you hate, and you like this guy. Not the way he's slotted, though. Okay, listen. <sighs> if if. Man. Am I have I not said that Stalker Ichikawa is the best comedy wrestler of all time? I've said that, right? And that's because he works pre-show matches and openers and he's treated like a goof and they never even flirt with pushing the guy in any way, shape, or form. And if if Stalker Ichikawa was working main events and doing his shtick like Danhausen was on the indies and just, you know, I would hate him too. But the way that Dan Housen has been used in AEW is like exactly how Stalker Ichikawa is used in Dragon Gate. And I'm not offended by his presence. I'm entertained by his presence because he is very entertaining and he's creative and he's funny. But in small doses, when he's being fucking, you know, uh, disrespected by Hook or when he's popping up <laughs> I, out of a fucking garbage I, this can. Is, this, is the, the mo- this is why you've lost your edge. This is why nobody gets in the DMs anymore. What, what, no, what are you talking about? Listen, he's the Hollywood stalker Ichikawa. No, don't you dare. Don't you dare besmirch the great name of Hollywood stalker Ichikawa. With fucking Their roles Dan are identical. Housen. No. Dan Housen's funny. He's, he's creative. Not. He is, I enjoy his bits. Ugh. He's good. I just don't want him doing fucking breaking into the tequila dance in the middle of the main event. That's what I don't want. That's what drove me crazy with Dan Housen. <laughs> 
And his fans are a bunch of dorks too. His fans can go hit, you know, go kick rocks. But yeah, Dan sounds Housen, great. That sounds great. <laughs> Dan Housen himself is 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 entertaining. I will admit the, that he is a very world. creative dude, and I and 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 I give him all the credit in the world for realizing his career was at a standstill and completely transforming himself, and now getting to the highest of highs in the wrestling business with this gimmick. I will give him credit for that. I think he sucks. I don't want to watch him ever. But okay. But I'm yeah you know, I'm in the again. I'm in the minority there. Most people like him. You like him. I am fine being in that minority that doesn't get it and doesn't like it. But look, he's very evil. What can I say? He's very evil. I can't believe it. You got a sh- you're wearing a Deadhausen shirt right now, aren't you? I am not. I don't okay. wear wrestling shirts. Come on now. But he's very evil. I don't know. That's funny. Last night, you know, they kept the cat for the live crowd, and they they put see that YouTube it's video. Yeah, they did. I where can't they... believe you find this funny. This is this is unbelievable. I can't believe you. What has happened to you? That's funny. Where you think they're introducing Ricky Stark no. to the whole town crowd, <laughs> and Dan Housen comes out. That's no, it's funny. Not. No, it's a good not. bit. It is. Oh my god, you've gotten soft. I don't know what. I don't it's know. a good. It's a good bit. I could do without putting the curse on William Regal. That yeah, I can. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. Like, but what are you talking about? But the cameras weren't rolling. It doesn't matter. Like, they, if you do that on Dynamite, I have a problem with it. But having a little fun. You know, after the show, I don't have a problem. All with fun that. Lanza, yeah, all fun Lanza over there. So, what about at the end? Okay, so the acclaimed comes out, and obviously, you know, Max Caster takes everybody's finisher. He gets hit with the fucking uh, Death Rider. He gets hit with the fucking Ricky Starks fucking spear, right? So they get him out of there. So then the baby faces are all celebrating, and they're all going up to the turnbuckle to throw their hands up. And Danhausen keeps hopping in front of them and going up on the turnbuckle to throw his hands up. That's fine. It's a okay, good bit. that that that's a good bit. That's a good bit. That's a good bit. Like Starks couldn't get up there because Dan Housen. <laughs> that, kept that, I will up admit on the that's turbo. a good bit. I will admit that's you a know? good bit. Why is he even out there? That's just funny to begin with. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good stuff. You're gonna it. come around. I'm You're not. gonna come around. I haven't yet. I, Why would I come around now if I haven't I yet? Would, I would love to see Hollywood Stalker Ichikawa versus Dan Housen. I would admit that would probably be pretty good. See, that would because be very Hollywood good. Stalker Ichikawa is the funniest wrestler ever. And the best he comedy is. wrestler ever. So. No doubt about and it. And you are besmirching his name by even putting him in the same conversation with Dan Housen. But I don't funny. think so. I gave him his flowers. He's the best of all time. But I would love to see those two in a match. I think it'd be, it'd be magic. It'd be magical well, if those two were in a match. When we want to burn money in WrestleMania weekend one year, we'll, we'll book Hollywood Sucker Chicago and Dan Housen. Well, we should tell WrestleCon to do it. Because yeah, if we, we just sell Rob Viper, it might just happen. Yeah, we told them to do Cabanario versus uh, Caveman Ugg, and they did it. But then the pandemic wiped it out. So get on that. I want Danhausen versus Stalker Ichikawa. I want that. It's going to be hard to get Stalker over here, but. They can do it. Money talks. Imagine the Dragon Gate office getting that call. Listen, <laughs> yeah. we want Hollywood Stalker Ichikawa. Who else? No one. Yeah, no, just Ichikawa. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Yeah, no, that's 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 who we want. That's it. We want them to come over and work a seven-minute comedy match and then send them go home. Because no one else is going to book him because nobody else knows who he is. No one's going to book him. They couldn't get anyone to book Shun Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, they're going right. to book <laughs> Stalker Ichikawa. Oh, God. All right. Well, that is it for this episode of the Flagship Podcast. As we said, FlagshipPatreon.com for all of our bonus content, written content, Joe's Thursday TV reviews, all the WrestleMania weekend stuff, a new episode of the Yes Movement, all of our retro content, Jovember to remember, all that stuff is available for you. $5 tier, 
and $10 tier. The $5 tier gets you most of the additional audio. $10 tier gives you everything. It gives you live flagships. It gives you the written content. It gives you live instant reactions. Everything else we do is available. It unlocks everything we do, everything that we've ever done on that $10 tier, flagshippatreon.com, patreon.com slash voices of wrestling or voicesofwrestling.com slash Patreon as well. Uh, Voice Wrestling Podcast Network, again, Super Jcast. Uh, for the live listeners, all of you, very soon you'll be able to listen to this. Everybody that has listened to this show the day after whatever, uh, you should have already listened to the Super Jcast, and if you haven't, go listen to it right now. Uh, the news is probably everywhere, but do not forget where you heard it first. Super Jcast. Where you heard it first, Joel and Damon, Voice Wrestling Podcast Network, or you can search Super Jcast on your podcast app of choice, and you will get it there. But uh, that is that. Uh, Joe, I got nothing more. So for Joe Lanza, I'm Rich Krejci. This has been the Flagship Podcast. We'll talk to you later.